everybody. This is the Boy Howdy podcast for the week ending. This was October 24th, 2015. Uh, we are now officially living in the future. In case you have been living in a cave for the last five years. Um, yes, we have finally passed the Back to the Future event horizon. And now we're living beyond the, the, the scope of the Back to the Future trilogy. So... It's uncharted territory here on the Boy Howdy Podcast. We have no idea what the future holds. Uh, speaking of which, uh, we could have never guessed that Annie Maloney wouldn't be here this week because she has special guests she's hosting at home. And so taking her place this week, we have Daniel the Grumpy Turtle Rudis. Yes, it's very nice to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. How is you? Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, you're welcome. It's very welcome. What uh, the accent is this, this is, that you're uh, doing? We're <laughs> the <such> Transylvanian? <laughs> We're essentially replicating uh, our our side podcast. Well, it's side podcast for me because this this is the other podcast I do when I'm not doing Boy Howdy. Uh, this is your bread and butter. Daniel and I were also the hosts of the uh, Tardy to the Party podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, relatively mm-hmm. brand new podcast. We only have about 10 episodes under our belts. Um, Tardypodcast.com. Yeah, Tardypodcast.com. And how would you describe the premise for Tardy to the Party? Uh, you and I have pop culture holes. We want to fill those holes mm-hmm. with delicious pop culture. So we shove that pop culture in our holes and talk about what our thoughts were. Daniel was very kind to let me name the episode, uh, n- name the podcast, Tardy to the Party." I, I, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very, but that's what yeah, it is. So yeah, it is us just yeah. like uh, uh, checking out movies, video games, TV shows, and stuff. We've always always wanted to check out, but now because we have a podcast, we're like okay, and we switch off every episode. So one episode will be be uh, about me going back and like watching like next well the next episode we record next week and it's going to be me talking about the fifth element which i still haven't seen yet but i will within the next week and did you decide what you're going to talk about next no okay you better because uh, whatever it is i have to watch it too so we can talk about it on the podcast we kind of flip back and forth but at the same time you pick you've been picking such obscure terrible movies i've never seen them before as well Well, halloween came and so i really wanted to well yeah so we talked about (laughs) The old dark house. We talked about Frankenstein, which, of course, everyone knows. Not too many people have actually seen, but you actually liked. Yeah. That was um, the most recent episode. Yeah, and... Oh, Selling Hill 2. That was the most recent... Era, uh, no, wait. The Selling no, Hill 2. No, that comes era- out on Wednesday. Okay, yeah. That's this weekend. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> but yeah, I actually liked... Yeah. Well, th- that's... that's that started the party podcast talk, but I liked Silent Hill too. Daniel liked if, Frankenstein. If um, you if you like to hear somebody actually keep Bill on track and not let him his mind wander too much, <laughs> well, you uh, try. I do my you, best to do it. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it doesn't always work because he's Bill. Um. So yeah, that started the party podcast It's it's a very cute little fluffy little show, but I like it. It's a good time. Oh, and it. so, uh, but this is this what you're listening to right now is still the Boy Howdy podcast in which we talk about. Uh, stuff we've been doing this week. What have you been up to? What'd Daniel? you do this week, Bill? Uh, man, I just got done. I just got done watching some Once Upon a Time. Have you ever seen that TV show? Oh, why would you do that to yourself? Does, does Kelsey, your wife, does she like that show? Yes. Yeah, well, I don't know if she likes it, but she watches it. That's what I'm gonna say because she seems like yeah, I can totally yeah. <laughs> the show is it's... garbage. It's hot garbage. You are absolutely correct. But it's oh, it's it's yeah. Yeah. Um, oh that's gosh. what I literally just got done doing. Man, as we're recording this right now, it is sunset on a, on on Saturday night, and it is the here in Portland, Oregon, where the street where I live right now, 
It is the cartoon caricature of Fall Outside right now. It's a beautiful sunset. Uh, it's the kind of sunset where all the trees and the power lines are, are, it's all like silhouetted in black against the dusky sky with like the crows flying through the sky and crah, crah, and just getting cold enough that the, like, the wind is blowing and all the dry leaves are clattering against the sidewalk. And the neighbors, they, they're literally having, they're burning a bunch of leaves so you get the smell of like the burning, it is like perfect. That, Portland, you paint, a, Portland you paint a beautiful word picture with your mouth hole. Good. You know what the funny thing is? We're going to talk about Amazing Stories later, too. But my first thought was like, this is like the end credits of Amazing Stories, the TV show <laughs> uh, from 1985. Um, so but, it's not like the opening credits of the HBO specials? Yeah, kind of. Kinda. You know what's actually kind of like outside right now? Hocus Pocus. Uh, have okay. you ever seen Hocus Pocus? I have seen Hocus Pocus. It's kind of like also, how like, that's an idyllic part of Halloween. Also known as the only movie uh, that... What's her face was ever hot in? Oh yeah. Okay, so I'm not crazy for thinking she's hot in that movie. No, it's the only movie she's ever been attracted. She's weirdly attractive in that movie. It's not like I ever hated her or anything before, but I never thought of Sarah Jessica Parker being super. Or of course, we're talking about Kathy and Jimmy. Um, of course, of course. But yeah, no, Sarah Jessica Parker. I. It's funny because I only saw that movie for the first the first time. If we had started Tardy the Party a it's, couple I years ago, I think it's because she's like channeling her inner Kelly Bundy. Kind of a little bit, which is funny because I don't go for bimbos that often. Um, but well, she's, she's kind of a dangerous bimbo because she's like you know trying to lure kids to their doom and stuff. But uh, yeah, actually, Annie, the 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 normal co-host of the show, she's the one who actually introduced me to Hocus Pocus for, for the and first time. And she hates that movie. Does she? She said she like watched. Isn't that the oh, one that's... she watched like fifty times at a slumber party? Yeah, because when she was a kid, yeah, that for some reason the kid who was hosting the slumber party just kind of le- literally left it on all night, just like yeah. played fifty times in a loop. Um, so you... it's good. It's not. It's not fifty <laughs> times in a row in a single evening. Good. Um, uh, have we gotten to anything you've done this week? Um, you described what outside looks like. <laughs> Uh, so that's what you did this week. You went on a tangent about what right it looks now. Like. It is like a goddamn Ray Bradbury short story out there. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't mind recording the podcast, but if I weren't doing this right now, I'd be on my porch just... Ah, I could smell the burning leaves. Ah, the jack-o'-lanterns. Uh, what did I do this week? Um, what did you do? Just actually in the last day or two, have you ever seen The Phantom of the Opera? The color... Actually, either big version of The Phantom of the Opera, either the... Silent version or the like 1940s version starting uh, starring I've, Claude Rains. I've seen the Joel Schumacher version. Wait, what? Yeah, the Joel Schumacher version starring it... Gerard Butler. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Is this There's based a... off of the? Is this the? Uh... It's a musical version. Oh shit! I didn't realize they made a movie out of that. Yeah, they sure did, and it was terrible. Did you go it's see the? the... O- it's the only Frank Lloyd Webber musical I really like. Mm-hmm. And the movie was not good. So you've actually seen it live? No. I have not. Oh, so but you only saw the movie, I, it, but I you thought the, the movie music. was pretty good. No, I did not. I, say the mu- I just said the movie was terrible. So you've only listened to the soundtrack? Correct. Oh, okay. Does the story still make sense with just the soundtrack? Yeah, because there was a, what was it, early 90s made-for-TV movie version huh. of it that okay. was decent-ish. Man. So Andrew Lloyd Webber, he also did Le, did Le Miserables and Cats, right? I don't believe he did Les Mis, but he did do Cats. Well, he didn't, like... I know Les Mis is based off a book, right? And so, like... Yeah, did but he I, I don't think that music is his. No, I, I don't remember think so. as a kid in he middle Cats, school... He did uh, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Really? Uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Man. 
Yeah, I remember in middle school, they tried to sign kids up to go on field trips to Toronto to go see uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber plays in real life. And I like they really positioned that as like this is a cultural event. This is how we're gonna get this. We're gonna make you kids classy by making you guys go see uh, Cats or Phantom of the Ugh. Opera. And in retrospect, that just shows how fucking white trash my shit was. My my education growing up when they thought that was like the highest classy thing they could do. Is <laughs> Cats sh- is one of my least favorite oh my musicals. Of Can all you time? imagine traveling? Terrible. A day and a half up to Toronto on a bus Ugh. just to see cats and then have to travel a day and a half back to Pittsburgh just to see fucking cats. Cats is the musical equivalent of that weird kid at school. I, the funny, I, I mean, I can't judge. Man, maybe, actually, speaking of Tardy of the Party, I've never seen the Andrew Lloyd Webber play. I mean, I've heard excerpts and stuff. Enough, not, just even seeing excerpts of the stage show that I've seen in commercials and stuff, I can tell it looks like garbage. But... There's Since a, this is a thing I've never seen before, it could be prime Tardy the Party po- uh, podcast <laughs> uh, materials. I'm sorry. Uh, Les Mis was done by somebody who I can't pronounce their name. Really? So, the musical version? Yeah. yeah. That, that that had a... I could have sworn that was Weber. Anyway. Again, nope. I can tell so much because I'm such a goddamn ex- expert, me having never seen his stuff before. But Yep, you're an expert. Oh, man. So, 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 uh, so anyway, so the reason I watched... The version I watched was the Claude Rains version from, like, 1941. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty early color horror film. And the reason I wound up watching this is because um, I have the Universal Studios Monster Blu-ray box set, which is a box set they came out with, like, two years ago, which has, like, uh, the first couple Frankenstein movies. It's got Dracula. It's got the Spanish version of Dracula. It's got Invisible Man, the Wolfman, all that stuff. Um, not all the films in those series, but, like, the first couple of each one. And it's all uh, on Blu-ray, so it looks as about as good as you can expect, like a bunch of like ninety-year-old movies to look. And they have all kinds yeah. of making of stuff and commentaries. And uh, the last two movies I've never actually watched off of the Blu-ray set, and that's *Fan of the Opera* and uh, *Creature from the Black Lagoon*, which I probably actually end up watching for the first time tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, *Fan of the Opera*. I've never been a big. I've never really cared much for the idea of the story. Oh, mm-hmm. Phantom of the Opera, because I know it's just a Beauty and the Beast thing, but with, like, Paris Opera stuff slathered on top, which, that doesn't interest me at all. But I do love Claude Rains. Um, have you watched anything with Claude Rains in it? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Keep talking and I'll find that's out. That's right, because you've never seen Casablanca, right? No. Okay, yeah, because that's, that's one of his big things. Uh, he was in The Wolfman. He was... It's Claude Rains. He's just in a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but he's the Phantom in Phantom of the Opera, this 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 color 1941 version. And uh, actually, it's it's funny listening to the commentary after I watched it for the first time. They actually point out that he filmed this literally right after filming his biggest part ever, which was in Casablanca. He essentially walked off the lot from Warner Brothers, uh, finishing up his role on Casablanca right across the street over to Universal to film uh, uh, the the Phantom of the Opera. And it's kind of a bummer because when you see his face at the end, his face gets all fucked up. Well, there's that famous shot from the Lon Chaney um, yeah. version where... Well, that's the thing about the Phantom is his face is fucked up. Yeah, and Lon Chaney, his, like, that silent film version is so kind of like... It's not, like, bloody, but it is kind of like he's got the big haunted eyes. And he has a big mm-hmm. goony potato face. It's very sympathetic looking. And I guess Claude Rains, for the uh, this color version, he was a really kind of a prissy motherfucker <laughs> about not wanting to look ugly. And so they just kind of smeared some kind of, like, pancake... <laughs> batter on like part of the side of interesting his face. choice to, to be in that role yeah wall. well you know it's you gotta act you gotta take whatever role you can but uh, i could totally see him being kind of prissy about that stuff but 
Um, but he, he, the rest of the role, he's really good. Uh, he plays a, uh, he's a violinist in the Paris Opera who gets fired because, like, he gets, like, arthritis in his hand. And he can still play, he just can't play quite as good as he used to. And so mm-hmm. he gets fired, and he gets really pissed off, and so he decides to take vengeance on the opera company by just essentially killing as many people, <laughs> not only the people in the opera company, but, like, people in the audience for the so opera, this too. Is, this is very loosely based off the fan of the opera. Is it? Because I don't I know the original so. story. All I know is from, like, movies and stuff like that. All the, all, Yeah, all the versions I know of is the Phantom is somebody that, like, lives in the theater. Yeah, and this one, he doesn't really live in the basement. He just kind of hangs out there for a day and a half before, like, crushing everyone. With the, he, like, cuts loose this giant glass chandelier and it crushes everybody. Um, yeah. But it's great because it's 1941 early. I think people have labeled this the first color horror movie. Um, and it's really lurid because the giant set, set they filmed this on, it's, it's, at, it's, you know, it's supposed to be the Paris Opera, but it's actually the same set they actually built for the original, the silent version of Phantom of the Opera, like, 20 years beforehand. And mm-hmm. uh, seeing it in color, it's, like, super lurid, like, brights, reds, and pinks, and the costumes are really good, and, you know, it's Claude Rains, and if you, so if you like Claude Rains, it's really nice. I kind of feel like a sucker for not having watched this before. It was actually pretty good. Um, so that's kind of one of the big things I watched this week. What have you been up to? Uh, they put out, well, let's, I'll talk about what I did for the most time this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, they released a new Adventure Time game. Oh no, what system? Like every system, it's called Finn and Jake, Adventure Time Finn and Jake Investigations. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not $50 worth of Adventure Time games. It's like $30 worth of Adventure Time. Wait, how much are they charging? 60 bucks? 50 50. 50. Mm. But it, it's cute, but it is like. Is this for consoles? If you, if you, yeah, if you told me that this was a huh. old Telltale game, I would believe you because it's very much like Sam and Max or Back to the Future or anything from that era. Yeah. It's it's very much Baby's first uh, adventure game. Well, isn't that the kind of tact they've been taking with all the Adventure Time games? No, the most recent one was kind of Zelda ish. There was the. Was that the Zelda uh, 2 clone? No, that was the one for the 3DS. Yeah, that's the last the one I played. Clone. Yeah, the the most recent one that I'm aware of was, was it like Diablo? No, that was the one before the most recent one. Jesus Christ! Okay, the one bef- the most recent one to use the Diablo ish kind of dungeon crawl. Yeah, top down. Yeah, stuff uh, like animations and stuff, but gave it a more cohesive story and actual beginning and end and like characters and stuff. Hmm. But it's, it's so. pretty lightweight stuff, though. This new one. Yeah, there's just it feels unfinished. Mm. Like whenever you complete, cause it it feels like a uh, a game that should have been chopped up into pieces and given you for five dollars a month or something like that. Mm, okay, because you you do like five investigations. Various oh, really? Investigations, okay. I so wonder if maybe they were planning to do something like that. But I I feel like it is because every investigation kind of just ends. There's not really any fanfare. Even the very hmm. ending of the game, there's not really much fanfare to it. Is there it much of an of overarching plot? Uh, it's hard. Well, did you see any of the episodes with, um, uh, Emo Phillips doing that one guy? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, because there's Again, this character. Again, I've only watched the first two seasons. There, there's a, a character voiced by Emo Phillips that comes in and tells you, uh, Ooh. Grables, which are like. Oh, I it's saw like the, one episode of that. Yeah. Yeah. He tells you these Grables. Fables, I had no idea that was, and, uh. That's kind of he's a character that they base it off in this, oh, and okay. so he tells you a bunch of great playable Grable fables, 
uh, and you play them. I like and the sound it's of that, it's though. cute enough. It's got all the voice actors and everything. Except I don't think Cinnamon Bun is voiced by the original guy. Really? Because instead of talking like this, where he's kind of loose, <laughs> he's just kind of got a deep voice, oh, so it doesn't no. really quite fit. It's not as slimy as Cinnamon Bun usually is. Man, you know the bloom is off the fucking flower when they can't get the original Cinnamon Bun in for the fucking <laughs> gin, uh, well, no, Adventure because they got game. They got everybody else. Yeah. And it might be there it might be the guy that does cinnamon bunny just isn't doing him as <laughs> He's just tired. As slimy. Oh. So I am not sure on that. But. Man, okay, so the makers of this game are called Vicious Cycle and they've done nothing but just like yeah, they did like the spy versus spy. Um Oof. Ben Ten all kinds yeah. of It's it's stuff, a, it's an know? it's a fine little adventure game that you can breeze through in a couple days but is it story centric or are you just kind of like hacking and slashing yeah it's no it's story centric there's there's a little combat it flashes up on the screen combat time and the combat is super super simple yeah and like there's certain things that just feel unfinished like it says the the better you do in a combat the more loot you get and so the combat around will finish and it's like yeah we got a ton of loot and they'll like be a pause screen and it will say like loot get but it doesn't show you anything you got unless you got a sword oh wow okay so you don't feel like you accomplished anything man that's rough. and they give you swords and different swords and they all have different abilities and i really liked this lightning one that when you hit use it uh its special ability and you hit an enemy, it chains to all the other enemies on screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super helpful. Almost like a but field then, of uh, area attack or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, but then I got the next sword upgrade, which I didn't like as much, but I couldn't figure out any way to go back to the old really? that sword that I really weird. liked. So you can only use what they give you. That's like Nintendo and... Entertainment System era gameplay, where you just kind of like it's almost like getting <clears throat> like getting the whip in Castlevania Two, where you just kind of upgrade, but you can never go back. It's like there's no inventory; it's just like constantly yeah. got up, 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 and up, and yeah, upgrading. And, oh, uh, there's no chapter select, so mm. I miss some. I'm missing like two trophies, and I can't go. I have to play the whole game over again uh, if right, I want to get them. So you're playing this on PlayStation Four? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, and I'll have to go back and play the whole thing if I want to get those last two trophies. <laughs> How long did it take you to play through? Uh couple days playing it on and off it's not super long but also it's an adventure game so sometimes like stuff i wasn't i didn't quite see the first time through and i couldn't figure out there's some kind of justification for going back then it's not just total yeah it's a fine little game it's it's just it needs it needs a lot of polish it needed more time in the oven before they sent it out the door you think you'll bite the bullet on the on the next adventure time game like at launch are you gonna wait for it to kind of i'll I'll probably get it from Gamefly. I don't think oh, I'll okay. just buy it right away like I have with all the others. Yeah. But the last, the 2D side scroller Zelda-ish one was good, and the the uh, the most recent done like Zelda-ish one was good. Yeah, because they've had like, what like four or five games by now, right? Uh yeah. It's got to be something like that, you know. Um, yeah. Man. So, but this one has all the voice acting and stuff, so it was good. I see on the show notes you also listed... Uh, I'm just going to mention this because it seems kind of related. Uh, yeah, you played some of the Minecraft Story Mode game? Barely. It, it didn't keep a lot of my interest. But I really like Patton Oswalt, and I really like Brian Posehn. They both oh, do Brian voices Posehn's in, in that, too? Game. Yeah, they both do voices. Oh, so okay. I started to play it, and I was like, uh, this is Telltale, and then I kind of got bored. Man, did you ever see... Have you ever there watched was a shiny Radio? object, and I had to watch off. Yeah. Um, I, my 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 friend Joshin, he's a huge fan of that show, and he's been going back and rewatching the whole thing from uh, from top to bottom. And uh, we were just watching an episode last night where, um, who's the main guy, Dave Foley from uh, Kids in the Hall? Uh, you find out that he used to have a college uh barbershop quartet. 
that he used to be part of. And they suddenly show up and decide that, like, they have some kind of pact where uh, 10 years after they left college, now they have to get back together and go back on the road. And uh, they try to, like, you know, they want to get Dave Foley back on the road, too. And the rest of the uh, quartet, it's uh, it's Mr. Show and Brian Pusain. It's Are you David Cross or... Yeah, it's David Cross the other and... Okay. What's his face? Brian Posehn? No, not Brian. It's Brian Posehn. It's, it's David Cross and uh, what's his face? Uh, Better Call Saul. Bob Odenkirk? Yeah, it's those two guys and, and, and Brian Posehn, So Okay. When you said Mr. Show, I didn't realize you meant both of Yeah, both those guys. Mr. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, well, you know how I work. Whatever the title is. Yeah, um, I know how you work, so I figured you just meant one of the guys. That is my from... Brian Posehn <laughs> You didn't, you didn't say Mr. Shows. Wait, if Brian Posehn is the guy, he's the tall, like, lunky-looking guy, right? Correct. Let's see, Brian Posehn. I don't have to Google that. You can see the okay. Um. So yeah. So uh, Minecraft. It's kind of eh. It's just it's it's for me. I mean, it's made for kids. What do you what do you expect? Is it distinctly like, because you think <laughs> like he... you 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 pick out like an outfit for a pig and somebody somebody will remember that. I mean, oh, really? it's, okay. it's Minecraft. Well, it's... it's still Telltale though. I mean, you could still see them. It'd be nice if they like targeted well, towards kids, but still had enough meat on its bones to like keep adults entertained. I haven't. I have not gotten far enough into it to tell yeah. you one way or the Man, other. Man, I came very close to pulling the trigger on that. Because, you know, I'm, dig- I'm just well, curious to see how you make a story out of Minecraft. But, man, those characters look horrifying. Well, they're Minecraft characters. What were you expecting? But I don't... I, fr- I mean, I forgot how ugly people can look in Minecraft form. And then when you add the fact that, like, they've got, like, moving eyes and they're talking... And because they're kind of stuck with the uh, Minecraft bodies, they can't, like, articulate the characters. And it's not like Telltale is known for, like, its really lush animation. But even yeah, then, but like, like, The Walking Dead still had, like, more articulated characters than they do in, like, in The Walking Dead. Of course it, they it, do, because they're not Minecraft characters. Like, oh, what are you about? No, honestly, what were you expecting from a Minecraft game like of Minecraft characters? They dolls or something. It's just kind of creepy. <laughs> I don't know. Something about it where I was like, I don't know. they're Minecraft characters. What do you want? I mean, those characters are obviously that model that that like human model was obviously never really meant to be looked at i mean it's minecraft's a first person game but do you play like lego games and get upset because the characters look like legos Minecraft, at least the minifigures look like minifigures at least they look like that they're they're designed to be appealing but the minecraft thing is the shoebox with like those little square (laughs) eyes they look like jack-o'-lanterns talking at you or something like that there's something so off about the proportions of the faces on those characters and it's not so bad if they were mute but once you got live voices coming out of those like weird ghastly square heads with the square eyes it's like it's like like if you're playing berserk and there's the auto evil monster comes out and and like starts chasing you around if he suddenly came out and started talking to you with a real voice that's the kind of like i don't want that would scare the shit out of me because that face is so abstract like a real voice would be coming out of it it's i think that's creepy. a very much a, a bill mudrin i think it phobia, is because i don't get that at all i'm not like no these these minecraft characters <laughs> it is. they're, they're it talking is. to me any no. any has spiders and i have minecraft characters um <laughs> weird because you love minecraft hey bill minecraft is fun bill yeah how was until dawn what do you think? You you I like how you could say you played it when you just watched a whole What you watch like a walkthrough on YouTube? It. When did I ever say I played it? I've never you said You said I but it. you said you watched it a whole playthrough on YouTube, which is kind of like playing it kind of cuz no, it's it's I mean, well, I guess, but Kind of. Why are you asking me what I thought? I uh, should this be should this If you want to get into spoilers, we can save it till the end of the show. It's hard to talk about without getting into spoilers, yeah. Um well, Okay, did you like it? I thought it was pretty good. I was super bummed because I lost one of my favorite characters at the very, very, literally the last 
kind of input I can make into the game, I fucked it up mm. and killed one of the main characters. That's sad. And it was like in a way that was like kind of kind of fucked up the whole. I, mean, I still like the game, but like. <laughs> I was fine with the way the story was going because the whole point of uh, Until Dawn, it's a PlayStation 4 exclusive where it's essentially it's an 80s slasher film in, although it takes place modern day, everyone's got cell phones and stuff like that, but it's essentially, it's, it's obviously made by a bunch of people who grew up watching 80s slasher flicks. And it's yeah. about a bunch of kids up in a, um, a like distant, like distant uh, uh, mountain log cabin uh, being offed by a crazy serial killer. And so you have to make choices. Like it's one of those things where like you, it's you, like a David Cage game, a David Cage game. Where yeah, and you jump back and forth between playing as all the different characters and all these different scenarios, and it's very cinematic and stuff. But uh, it's very choice based. Um, it's one of those games where every time you make kind of like major choice, like something flashes, saying like you have made a choice that will affect the future. Yeah. And um, so it's one of those things where like you're, you're control uh, over the course of the game, you can control up to eight different characters, and decide depending on the choices you make, uh, either all eight characters can be dead by the end of the game, or all eight characters can be alive, or a mix or anything in between and i made it out with three living characters i got five that, of them killed you know knowing you yeah that's, uh, that sounds about right oh you know what with me with video games when it comes to story centric stuff if it's just like a saints row game or it's just like a dumb combat game where it's like the whole point is to go around and like blow stuff up and not really care about yourself i'll play pretty recklessly but when it comes to a story game and if i actually like the characters enough i'll try to be careful and i try to be careful and i still lost five of of the eight of these characters and one of them was one of the ones i was really working hard to protect at the end and got fucking oh man but yeah we'll have We'll have to talk more about that at the end of the show. But yeah, we'll we'll t- yeah maybe that'll be the last. I'm thing I'm interested after... in, in who you lost and such. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, that was pretty good. Um, how's Worldly Word going for you? Because I got that too. I barely touched that because I've been I was working really or hard I sh- to. I should say you got that for me. Oh uh, well, happy birthday for both. What, so how much have you uh, played of Worldly World? Yoshi's uh, Worldly World. One world level into World Two. Yeah, I'm right at the end of the first uh, world. Uh, what if... I've been I, I've been trying to collect everything as I go. Do you know how many worlds are in the game? Is it like eight worlds, like a normal Mario game? Uh, maybe seven, because the original Yoshi's Island was uh seven. Six That's or a seven. good point. Six or seven. I'm really glad. The f- uh, I hate. I don't mean to keep on bringing up Tardy of the Party podca- uh, party, but you should. But Tardy the first, the very first episode of Tardy of the Party was me talking about Yoshi's Island, which I had never really played before. And it was a fucking good game. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, Yoshi's Island. I know everyone had been talking about it forever, about how great it was. And it is seriously mm-hmm. one of the best Nintendo games ever made. Um, and I was That's really true. surprised at how much, so, at least of what I've played of Yoshi's Woolly World so far, it really is a spiritual successor to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it doesn't look or sound anything like the original Yoshi's Island, but the way you're controlling Yoshi and, like... Like, yeah. the controls are exact. Like, it even has the same control options where um, you can change between... Like how you fling the egg, and you can change between. There's a couple different things you can change in the yeah. original Yoshi's Island, and this has all that same stuff too. Except everything's made out of yarn now and very extra super cute. And it's so cute. It is super cute. Well, that's it's the other so thing cute. because it's October, and I just want to play scary stuff and watch mm. scary movies. Woolly World is the opposite of that. I want to save that to like November or like the next time when I you, get when sick. When you want to put on, you can put on a nice wool sweat, exactly. sweater and play it. <laughs> yeah, when I put on what's it, my Zentai suit? Is that what it's called when you're just dressed head to toe and like cock shaped yarn? Um, uh, you would know that better than I do. I think. What is? Am I, sure did I get that right? Zentai. Google. Google. Hey, uh, Siri. Google Zentai suit. Is it Zentai? I'm good. Suit? I don't really need Let's to see, see it. 
a suit made of dicks. Oh no, Zentai suits are like the spandex. Like if you want to wear essentially yoga pants all over your body, that's what okay. that is. Uh, oh, but you should be so, able to get those like in yarn, though. Isn't any? Uh, anyway, oh, they got a so, green one that if you wear, you kind of look like the prince from um, Katamari. Um, oh, so what's cute. been your favorite little thing that they've made out of yarn or sewing stuff? Um, so like I said, I've only like through the first world. I can't remember because it's been a week since I touched it. Uh, the I fact really, that everything's made out of yarn. I really like how the the platforms that rock back and forth on a pendulum are like two knitting needles with some fabric in between. Oh yeah, them. that stuff is really cute too. That's cute. Yeah. And like the the first bonus world that you get if you get all the uh, flowers in the world one, mm-hmm. it's actually pretty hard. Really? Like, it's not super hard. It's nothing compared to Poochie Ain't Stupid from Yoshi's Island. <laughs> but, like, you have to flutter a lot because uh, waves will pop up from the bottom of the screen. Is... And you can stand on them while they're there. But when they go away, you basically have to flutter until they come back. Is Poochie a character you can control in the game? Because, like, the I think Poochie's no, you... on the cover. You can... S- yeah, he's he's on the cover of the game, I, I think. don't know if he's, uh, like, a power-up that you can get or something like that. He In the original game, you stood on him. And if you stood on the left side of him, he'd go left. If you stood on the oh, right that side, thing. he'd okay, go yeah. right. So, yeah. But yeah, it's freaking cute as hell. It is like it really is if if you've if you've liked if you've played or liked uh Yoshi's No, no, what was it? What was the last yarn game? Uh Kirby's Epic Yarn. Yeah, it it's kind of like that. But it really it, like that except in HD. I, you know what the this, And you you can die in this. Kirby you just drop gems. Yeah. So I I remember people being so upset that you couldn't die in that Kirby game. But it was like, still pretty hard. It was, I mean, it was still a video game. But if like, you wanted to get it like people, 100%, it was tough. People were offended by the fact that you couldn't die in that game. Because I think that game came out not too long after The Prince of Persia, where you couldn't die either. And so it, everyone was like, oh my yeah. god, is this the death of the death in video games? And I was just like, oh, fucking shut the fuck Which up. Which is pointless guys. anyway, because you don't even have lives anymore. Yeah, so I know, exactly. So why not like, mess you with can the death have, mechanics? It's basically a save state. You can save a the game right before that, a hard like, part. The fact that even the basic Mario games still have lives you have to collect and that you can get game over, <laughs> it makes no fucking like sense. in Mario Maker, getting a one-up? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, um, I have unlimited lives. What's the point of this? I do feel bad that mm. I do bitch about how the music isn't as good as the original Yoshi's Island. Because that was yeah, one of the best parts of that game. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not terrible music. It's just it's not. It's fine. It's it's some of it is quite in, quite cute and enjoyable. I think I bitched. And that. you're also comparing it to like one of the best game soundtracks of all time. Yeah, but you think like after 16 years, you shouldn't be that hard to like. Oh man, I mean, especially I, yeah, better musical yeah. equipment you know, now. It's, how hard is it to come up with a, a <laughs> fucking perfect masterpiece? We well, have so many more tools music. now. You're not so limited by like little MIDI sound effects. It could, especially now, like I'm surprised. Like the music should all be just like you know organic guitar. Like this, I I joke that it sounds like you're on. Uh, it's the the music for Yoshi's Woolly World is fitting because it sounds like you're on hold. On the phone with Joanne's fabrics. <laughs> That's totally exactly what it sounds like. It's not terrible. Some of the music isn't great, but it's I, not, I really yeah, like some It's not it. just terrible. You're it's, just a big sourpuss butt face. Well, I literally had just finished playing Yoshi's Island like a month and a half ago, so these memories are really fresh in my mind of like what that looked and sounded like. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm just a little bit like... Uh, but yeah, that no, was a cute goddamn... Did you try to... Uh, <laughs> have you tried to use any of the Amiibos with, the, with that game? Uh, not yet. Yeah, because is... You're just supposed to be able to scan in the amiibos, and, and then your Yoshi like gets that skin suit. Yeah. <laughs> like, skin suit, fucking Hannibal. <laughs> it's a Buffalo um, Bill. Yeah. Oh, the one of the things I do like. Uh, when you start, uh, oh man, I just totally talked off your uh, talked over your Buffalo Bill. That's fine. 
You got a good Buffalo Bill. Is all I'm saying. Hey, thanks. Can you help me put <laughs> um, this on the brand? But one of the things I thought was cute too, when you first started off Yoshi's World, um, Holy World, uh, the Yoshi population of the island that gets turned into yarn is made out of like special Yoshis. Like there's like cow Yoshi. There's like a yeah. forest colored Yoshi. Shy guy Yoshi, watermelon Yoshi. Yeah, and so for some reason they all get torn apart and like turned into like spe- like a specific skeins. Of well, Yoshi it's because color. Kamek needed some yarn. Yeah. And so you essentially put those people, those Yoshi, back together by finding, like, like each one has, like, like three different skeins of yarn that you have to find. And if you find all three Five. of those in the stage, you essentially reassemble, like, cow Yoshi. If you find, like, the pink, the brown, and the white, like, special skein in that stage. So yeah, that, And then once you reassemble the cow Yoshi, then you can play as cow Yoshi, which is extra cute. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Annie, when, when we recorded uh, last week, she actually played some of that before, and she was very happy that you could play as uh, Cal Yoshi. Although, it was kind of disturbing because you, you quickly realized that uh, Cal Yoshi's udder is his nose. <laughs> which is yeah. just extra. No, no, because cows have pink noses. Yeah, that's true, too. But, yeah, it was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want Yoshi milk out of that one. Only if you're looking for the udder, Bill. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at cow's udders? I was overly concerned about where that Yoshi udder was. But yeah, no. So what else have you been up yeah, to? Yeah, good. Uh, did you see that they uploaded uh, the f- first episode of season one of Bob Ross's painting oh, show? Oh, I, I watched like the first two minutes of that. It's it's such a warm hug yeah. from the past. Does he have like glasses on though too? Yeah, it's he's not... got glasses and his beard is like extra long. Yeah, it's not quite the Bob Ross where we all know and love, but no, well, it is because he's talking exactly the same. Yeah, but you know, like, you know what? I mean. He hasn't evolved in the Pokemon version. He, he's he's yeah he hasn't evolved. He's not his Pokemon perfect final form. Exactly, he's, exactly. Yeah, he's still he's still top tier. That's cool. I hope they keep on uploading more episodes too because that's yeah. I mean, there's yeah. no reason to hoard Bob Ross episodes because it's not like you're gonna <laughs> sell like a chef. Yeah, you're not gonna sell like a bazillion DVDs of like the ultimate Bob Ross DVD collection or anything like that. Did um, you watch like painting shows on PBS when you were younger? Oh yeah, all the time. I what, watched Bob Ross. You, I mean, what else did you watch? What else? Because there was the guy with, like, the accent, the Irish guy that always paint, painted sailboats. I'm trying to think, yeah. Cause I he think, did watercolors. I think back in Pittsburgh on, on uh, WPGH. There was a lady who always painted birds. Um, that wasn't WPGH. I can't remember it, what the... It was whatever made Mr. Rogers. Yeah, but, the, yeah, there was... I think it was the Irish guy who painted sailboats was coupled with the Bob Ross stuff. And a German guy, uh, I forget his name, but he did the same kind of style as Bob Ross. I don't think I saw that. We uh, didn't you'd have know too him many artists. Song, probably. Um, but, yeah. No, no, no. Every day, Bob Ross on at two or two thirty. I think Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh. That's where they produced Mr. Rogers. They showed a lot of Mr. Rogers. If you're watching yeah. uh, PBS in, in Pittsburgh, it was often. It was yeah, mostly Mr. Rogers and and Sesame Street. And these fucking puppets don't even move their mouths. Like, they didn't have like Julia. They, for some reason, they didn't just show, like there was no Julie Child or cooking shows or anything like that either. It was just yeah. kind of like. So you didn't get the Cajun guy with the suspenders? Did I? Oh, that's not familiar. Oh, that's sad. Was he like, he I, say, guarantee. I guarantee? Yeah, he would. And he'd tell yeah, these stories sure and he'd end them with like, I guarantee. You know what, but I know that more from the Adam Sandler Cajun man than I probably know from that guy. <laughs> or in... the uh, the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Broken Arrow, where him and uh, <laughs> Wilford Brimley are Cajuns. Really? Yep. Whoa, wait, wait, which movie is this? Was it Broken Arrow? I think it was Broken Arrow. No, I thought Arrow. Broken Arrow was, was, was Broken the Arrow one... the one with him and... Uh, that's the one with Hairspray, right? Hairspray? You mean uh, Dennis Rodman? No. Which is terrible, because that that hairspray is terrible. I like the original hairspray. No! 
uh, John Travolta. Uh, oh, yeah, Arrow. yeah, it is. Yeah. It, that's John Travolta and Christian Slater, PBS apparently. PBS Cajun cooking guy. <laughs> Now's the part of the show where we Google stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, His name was Justin So Wilson. you did have him? And the first thing that pops up on YouTube is him making gumbo. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, okay. I can hear this, but no one else can hear it. Okay, so it's not funny for me to be laughing at me. He totally <laughs> does. Like, I guarantee. So, okay, yeah. yeah. What were your, what were your PBS personalities besides Mr. Rogers? It and, really was. And Bob Ross. <sighs> Mr. Rogers. I mean, I met Fred Rogers. Um, mm, he called up that? my house. Did I never talk about this on the podcast? I don't think so. I met him once in the flesh. Um, at a performance of Peter Pan, where Chef Rocket was performing as Captain Hook. And my family, we just happened to get the seats right behind Fred Rogers, because he, the guy playing Chef Rocket, who was also Peter Pan in this, or he was playing uh, Captain Hook in this play, um, they were friends. So, you know, Fred Rogers showed up, to this, it was at the Pittsburgh Playhouse, uh, which is also where I wound up watching Aliens for the first time a couple of years later after this. Uh, but yeah, we just happened to get seats right behind Fred Rogers, and like during intermission, we got up and <laughs> He turned around and was like, if your fucking kid opens his mouth during this play, I swear to God. He better shut the fuck up about <laughs> Star Wars. I'll shut <laughs> life out of that little cocksucker um but no he got up and recognized i'll smother him. him with my sweater and my parents uh, he was dressed in the fu- it was he was mr rogers it's not like he had his fucking like he was dressed like he was like on the fucking like he had just gotten done filming an episode and mm-hmm. my parents recognized him even before we did and they're like mr rogers can we like uh, get your autograph and he signed we like my parents still have like a you know, like a peter pan playhouse uh uh play guide or whatever with like you know it says fred rogers all the best you know love you know all that stuff and yeah. like a year or two later for my sister's birthday my dad somehow arranged it for fred My uh fred myers uh, <laughs> yeah that's a local uh, uh, sh- uh supermarket chain uh f- he arranged for fred rogers to call my house he personally he himself not like a secretary or anything like that but he, i answered the phone <laughs> that would be awesome for your birthday your dad asked that fred rogers secretary <laughs> call the house hey, I just so called here to I say am. fred rogers is a huge fan i guess of whoever you are the <laughs> just paid hundred dollars um but yeah fred rogers he called the house i picked it up and he's like hello is michelle there and I'm like, oh, hold on just a second. It was Fred, Fred Rogers saying he, like, sung happy birthday to my sister. And that, like, yeah. that was her, like, like part of her birthday gift that year. Mm. Uh, my dad also once got me a signed Art of Star Wars book signed by George Lucas, too. So my dad was always, like, real ninja when he came to crazy birthday gifts like that. Those are probably the two biggest crazy, like, celebrity, like, linked birthday things he ever did for us. But, yeah, Fred Rogers was, he was a motherfucker. I'm trying to think right. of, like, in terms of, like, broadcasting stuff. Um, they would show Doctor Who on Saturday nights, like after eleven. Wait, you are the correct age for it. Did you watch any Slim Good Body? Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> oh. Did god, you know that yeah. he had a record? That's total recall right there. Oh my god. Did you know Slim Good Body had a record? Like a record, like like a giant penis. Like a, an album. You know what? I may have actually seen or listened to that. That sounds because familiar. I, when, when I was very, very, very little, I was oh, in Muslim Good Because you're, you're, I to that you're a good ten years younger than me, so the fact that you know who he is is kind of horrifying. Not ten, like five. Five, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. he... Yeah, he created the character in 1975. Um, yeah. A guy named Josh Bernstein. Um, Whose whole shtick was he's wearing a unitard oh with body internal like, body organs on it. Yeah, he looks like he was skinned alive, and he's walking around singing his songs and stuff. <laughs> he's He looks like a skinned Steve Gutenberg. 
You know what? He kind of looks like a skinned uh, Screech from Saved by the Bell, because he's got that yeah, Jufro. That too. Oh, yeah, yeah, Slim Good... Like, you, you Google image search Slim Goodbody, the first thing that pops up is the inside story. It's his Welcome album. to the old podcast, where old people oh, talk God. about things they barely he remember. He had a couple albums. <laughs> and he's, there, he's the like, one that I heard like, on each one. The one I heard, there was, like, a corn person that wound up getting popped. <laughs> and he had, like, a lament about the, how they popped and they never come back. What? It was weird. What the <laughs> fuck? You know what? Actually, one of the big uh, uh, Pittsburgh PBS personalities, too, was um, Rick Steback. Wait, is this Rick Steback? I cannot help you there. I know, exactly. Uh, Rick Steback. Let me Google this. Rick Seaback. Rick Seaback. That's C-back. what it is. Um, he uh, actually, I think now he's like a pseudo well-known nationwide documentary guy. He got to start uh, working in Pittsburgh. He did a couple documentaries about Pittsburgh stuff. Um, one of his first big famous things was he did a documentary about Pittsburgh's amusement park called Kennywood, uh, mm-hmm. called Kennywood Memories, which I fucking love because the Kennywood was my. Uh, amusement park growing up and he did this great like he made this documentary like in 1987 too so if you ever find a copy of it, it is a perfect slice of 1987 white trash midwestern <laughs> culture mm. and since then he's gone on i've seen he mostly does documentaries about like just like diners uh, like around the country and stuff like that like real kind of like middle class kind of cool stuff he's um, morphed into guy fieri but he's got like this thick pittsburgh accent so if you ever see like a video from me it's always like it's I can't even do a Pittsburgh accent because it's so fucking off the wall. But it's all like, well, let's go and get some. Oh, let's let's get some. Let's wash our clothes on Mount Washington. Oh God, I sound like <laughs> you are terrible at accents, and you grew up there. I know, and I did my best not to like because the Pittsburgh accent is one of the most people like complain about how, like the Boston accent is kind of really hard on the ears, but the Pittsburgh one just sounds like you're out of your fucking mind. Mm. It's like, hey. Ugh. Speaking of uh, Pan, did you see how terrible Peter Pan or Pan did at the box yeah, office? Yeah, this is great. Oh, I don't have to talk man. about it with anybody. It did worse than uh, John Carter of Mars. Really? Yeah, because John Carter did thirty million its opening weekend, and Pan did fifteen. Really, fifteen million? Oh, 15 million. supposedly that new Gem movie is bombing like a motherfucker too. Well, that's expected. Yeah, but still, I mean, uh, come on. Let's see. WQED was Pittsburgh's W uh, PBS station. WQED personalities. Um. <laughs> well, we really went off on a side yeah, street that I wasn't expecting to go down. About? We were talking about Bob Ross. Bob Ross. In his first episode of on on this is a terrible advertisement for, for uh, uh, Tart of the Party. Um, Motherfucker could always paint. You know what? Mm, what? What did you do? At the Portland Retro Gaming Expo last weekend. I walked around. I saw how expensive everything was. I bought a t-shirt with a old Portland celebrity on it and left. Which one was? What was the t-shirt? It was Tom Peterson. He was bef- probably before you moved here. Yeah. You might have caught the end of Tom Peterson and Gloria, too. No, I don't never heard a, of those. It, yeah, they, they sold furniture. They, did, they were popular enough in the late 80s that he, like... One of the ch- stations out here, Z100, actually made a terrible song about him. I think you linked about somebody this week I on did. YouTube. I did. I linked Twitter about was it. like, yeah. Yeah. And it's a terrible song. Like, they have him sing on it, but he's obviously tone deaf like you would believe. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Man, one of my favorite so, things. So, yeah, I, I bought a t-shirt and I pieced out because I'm not going to pay the kind of prices they had there. Like, they had a Retron 5, which I was interested in getting, but it cost more there than it does on Amazon. So yeah, wasn't it like, like 100 bucks, you... 150 bucks? 
they were charging 150 for it, and you can get it for 120 on That's Amazon nuts. right now, and it'll probably be cheaper at some point here. You soon, could borrow but... mine. I borrowed your PlayStation <laughs> Two so I can play Silent Hill. You could borrow my Retron Five. Well, no, I'm not I don't. Use it. I don't want to borrow it. I want one so I can just yeah, always I know, have like but... a Super Nintendo hooked up at all times without having to have my Nintendo hooked up, my Super Nintendo hooked up, my Genesis. You might want to if you've gone this long without. I might wait till the Retron Six or something like that because yeah, the Retron Five I'm not, works, but I'm it's so hard getting it. like cartridges of that, of that thing because it like. Yeah. It, the, the hardware design is really kind of funky on but that. But yeah, like the Portrait Retro Gaming Expo, as much as I love it and it's really awesome, it's just too expensive. Anymore. You've gone every year too, right? I've gone for the last five or six years. Yeah. It's just, it's offensive how how expensive yeah, it is. Yeah, this is, I mentioned this, I talked about this last week, but yeah, this is only my second year and just even, I even I, I've gone two years. Just between yeah. last year and this year, everything I bought last year I could see was already like $20 well, more expensive. We were, we were chatting the other day and you asked me like if i was looking for anything there and i said everything i want is out of my price range and i mentioned rescue rangers 2 which mm-hmm. used to be like 56 dollars, and you looked it up and it was 212 dollars now yeah so everything is offensively overpriced yeah even uh um, i mean i used to i used to be offended when i would see like earthbound i'd be like 50 dollars. i'm not gonna get that and yeah. now i wish i could find earthbound for 50 dollars. it's gone from just being like this stuff being kind of collectible to being like ebay crazy like people hoarding the shit like yeah it's because all the youtube people are like they play something on there and all of a sudden everybody has to have it like my first retro expo i went to somebody was walking around asking if anybody had bugs bunnings crazy castle and i can only assume (laughs) it's because uh of the angry video game nerd and it's like you don't actually actually. want that game that game is awful well that's the weirdest thing the only reason you're buying it is because somebody quote-unquote famous online played it i mean one hand it's really interesting because i would have never guessed that kids literally half our age would be into these games and shit like that i mean it's it's interesting that like all these youtubers really have like sparked interest in all these old retro games but they've also made it like granted if we're old enough to have played those games when we were kids we should have probably hung on to those cartridges or i I did we had our chance I, I hung on to mine. I just want more to play. I wish like, I did. stuff I rented. I, I am still kicking myself for... When I moved from Pittsburgh out to here, like, uh, like the 10 or 12 years ago, I left all that stuff back in Pittsburgh. And I think I... Yeah, I sold, like, my, like, 8-bit Nintendo for, like, $2. And I wish I'd kept yeah. it or... Yeah, you know, all my not even as the hardware itself was barely working, but just even to hold on to the cartridges would not even from and again not even from like a financial perspective because it's not like I would ever sell those things, but but it would also just be nice to have the cartridges that I played as a kid. Yeah, um, no, it, I, as somebody who has my kid cartridges, let me tell you, it is it is nice yeah. to actually have it. Oh, did you and see then <laughs> be like browsing online and be like, holy shit, that cartridge <sighs> is worth a ton of money. I better not tell my wife or yeah. else she's going to tell me to sell it. I wonder too if like stuff like uh, retro gaming. What is it? The the gaming done quick stuff. I wonder if that also kind of like feeds. Awesome into, games done quick. Yeah, yeah kind of any exposure for any old retro games. Um, anything. Yeah, anything that is at, like done on a channel that has a good amount of subscri- subscribers. The price. Oh man, I just did some work for the po- angry video game nerd people too. I should I should fucking let them have it. I'll be like, I just came back from this thing. Fuck you guys. <laughs> did you see that they had the truck, the van from the uh, angry video game uh, nerd movie there? Yeah, I didn't know. I haven't seen the movie, but yeah. Yeah, I thought that was just kind of funny. Oh, speaking of stuff I've worked on, did you see the? Do you know? Do you follow Jeremy Parrish online? Yes. Did you see the book he came out with this week? The Good Intentions Ness Retrospective. Yes. I illustrated the cover of that. And it's crazy expensive, but you should pick it. Actually, it's only crazy so expensive was... if you get the color version. 
I was wondering because I've I've seen you do that, the style you did on the cover of that in a couple other places. Is that your style or your official style? Kinda. That's what I default to when someone want ask for like cartoony characters. Okay. Kind of like Anne Frank conquers the moon Nazis. It's funny because a part of that, that that style was kind of slightly influenced by reading uh, Howard and Nestor back in Nintendo Power in the day, mm. and, and it doesn't I, I, really I, look like that too can, much. But I can I can kind of smell like a Popeye vibe. In yeah, because everyone's like their elbows got like the big like like big like round elbows and shit like yeah. that. Like yeah, um, that is kind of close enough to like if you just let me doodle cartoons, that's kind of my default style. Um, gotcha. So yeah, I did this. So this uh, what we're talking about is it's it's a new soft cover book. Uh, by uh, published by Jeremy Parrish, but it's written by Jeremy Parrish and a whole bunch of people who uh, contributed to the GameSpite website, which was Jeremy Parrish's like retro gaming um, blog essentially. And um, five years ago, they all got together and wrote shitload of articles uh, about the 8-bit Nintendo, and they published it under a book that was just like it's just a retrospective about all like the uh, everything about the 8-bit Nintendo system. And uh, just this year for the uh, 30th anniversary of uh, the the NES's release, uh, which was just like like what last week, um, he just republished this book. He re-edited the book, uh, added a whole bunch of new contents. Um, there's a whole uh, guide to all the licensed books or the, all the licensed games that ever came out for the NES. Um, Jeez. He has little mini articles on just like. Um, he has write-ups for almost all the games in there to some extent, uh, but he also has like write-ups about stuff like collecting. He one, he has a whole article in there about how like just in the last couple of years because of he specifically cites the angry video game nerd as being one of the reasons why collecting retro games these days is so fucking prohibitively expensive. Um, and just like all different like ephemera of of pop culture stuff surrounding. Like I think he talks about like the wizard and the power glove and like bootleg games and unlicensed games and all kinds of stuff. And it's really, uh, it's available in two different versions. If you look up Jeremy Parrish and, or the words good intentions on Amazon, uh, there's a black and white version available for 18 bucks, which is a really good deal. Um, cause the book is like, it's gotta be like 300 pages long. It's like the size of a small, of not even small, like a Sears catalog. And, but there's a color version available for $45. That's the version I got. And I'm biased because I drew the cover. I didn't have anything to do with the guts inside, but it's fucking it's perfect bathroom reading material. This sounds like a backhanded compliment, but if you like <laughs> reading, like, well, no, I know what you mean. But it's good. It looks great because like they have all these like little like poop sized length articles about like battle poop sized articles. Because you could read it and the time it takes to poop and you're done. It's not like being invented. Poop sized. That's like why magazines are such good pooping material because. <laughs> You can read an article in times if you got if you take like a really long shit, you can read like two or three. Like that's why Entertainment Weekly. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Yeah. I just read in uh, so. Entertainment Weekly. Uh, Kevin Costner has a new adventure book out. <laughs> he wrote a kids book about adventuring that is actually sounds kind of cool. It's like this illustrated diary thing. Anyway, but anyway. Good Intentions by Jeremy Parrish. Go check that shit out. It's really good. Aside from the cover, which buy it. I think is okay. It's not the greatest in the world, but. Yeah. Um, Click on the banner on our website. To say, to, to, actually, no, we don't have. A yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. Um, no, so no what else? Banner. Well, hey, Bill, what happened on October twenty first? Uh, it's red letter date in the history of science. November fifth, nineteen fifty five. Wait, what? 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 Um, 
Should we, you have it in your notes. Do we even have to talk about what November 21st, 2015 was? Uh, no, because I'm fucking sick to death of it. Holy fuck. Do you fuck. like Back to the Future? I like Back to the Future, but holy fuck. I feel fuck. bad for people. Fuck the people who hate Back to the Future. They have no taste. But if you only <laughs> kind of like, if you're like, your attitude to Back to the Future is like, eh. Like my relationship with like strawberry ice cream. I like it well enough, but I'm not like, I don't want to fuck the shit out of strawberry ice cream. It's good, but like, that's I can do without it. If you're equating that to your to how you feel about uh, Back to the Future, your Twitter the October twenty first would disagree with you, sir. No, I fucking love Back to the Future. Okay, <laughs> I fucking I, if, if I had to label like my top five movies of all time, Back to the Future would easily be on on, on that list. I yeah. fucking Back to the I still will I will fight to my dying breath that Back to the Future is one of the most perfect movies ever made, um, except for all the plot holes. What plot? I mean, any kind of t- any time travel movie is gonna have plot holes, but for what it is, especially for what it was when it came out. Yeah. It was a pretty complicated time travel story. Um, Back to the Future's goddamn good. Sequels, yeah. not so much. I still like Back to the Future 3 is pretty good. Back to the Future 2 is not good. No. It's fun to watch, but man, it's fucking. That. Re- <laughs> I just. Just because, just because Biff's old age makeup makes him look like oh, Blau yeah. and Dick Tracy. Oh, man, watch it. So they just came out with a Back to the Rear. Uh, back. Back to the future blu-ray set and doc's me i never understood as a kid it never occurred to me that doc in 1985 is supposed to be substantially older than doc in 1955 to the Uh point they like put old age makeup on and gave him like different hair like a different wig and it wasn't until i was just watching back to the future again and like in hd on the blu-ray just like this past week you know it was on the day that like i essentially had like a little back to the future marathon by myself um, that you really see that, like, they put on, like, latex, like, fake rubber neck on, and this isn't the first Back to the Future, this is even Back to the Future 2, where the uh, uh, makeup appliances get really ragged, but, yeah. Should have hired the people that did, uh, Bo- uh Baron Luchhausen. Oh, man, yeah. That's funny, because that guy, I don't know, man, it's hard to beat Italian, when it comes to, like, movie production stuff, it's hard to beat the Italians. Especially, because, like, t- Terry Gilman, he rounded up some, like, old ass fucking Italian guys to work on Baron Munchausen. That's why that movie went like triple over budget. But uh yeah, back so yeah, of course, uh Wednesday, October twenty first, twenty fifteen was finally, 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 finally the day over. in which Doc and Marty wow. go back to the future. Um and, and visit twenty fifteen and have to keep Marty's kids from fucking up the future and all kinds of stuff, and which you think he could have fixed, Doc could have fixed just by going back to Marty and Jennifer and saying, "Guys, don't fuck. Use a condom." <laughs> hey, uh, problem don't solved. Raise stupid kids. Your yeah. kids are pretty dumb. Try not to raise. Dumb you know, kids. it's like overpopulation in the future, and America. Yeah, why just... did he have to go into to the future to stop that? Couldn't he have just waited? Well, like, they had thirty years this in is... the past and be like, "Hey, guys, okay." Yeah. Keep move. You know what? Move out of town. Yeah. Just go to anywhere else but here. Apple stock, invest, but move yeah. out. Yeah. To stay away from, stay away from New York in two thousand one. Uh, what else? Yeah. <laughs> you just wanted to make that joke. Well, I'm trying to think of any me. Like, if you could go back in time, if you could go back in time thirty years, and warn yourself, like, give yourself three pieces of advice. What would you choose? If you could pull a doc giving advice to Marty. Like what? Like what? Like what? Like in terms of avoiding things, invest. Do this. Invest in that. It has to be like very basic things. It can't be like you can't just like write down a whole like 2001? list. Two thousand one. 
Jeez, I don't know. Yeah. Well, Google was already a powerhouse by then, so you couldn't invest on that. Wait, which what was? Google. Amazon was already a powerhouse. No, but like if you're going back to 1985, though. Oh, 1985. That's when what I'm I was saying. Five go back to 1985. Old, I'd go up to five-year-old, or probably more likely four-year-old me, and be like, "All right, listen up, here, kid. You're probably not going to remember this." Right. Well, you can write it down, and put it, and say, you know, give it to your folks, and say, "Hey, you know what, uh, little Daniel Rudis, you don't know me, but I'm going to write down some instructions for him in a safety deposit box that'll open when he's like 16." Um, mm. Yeah, I would go back. Yeah, invest in Apple, invest in Google. I I would that be one thing? I guess I have two more things I could tell my previous self. Um, uh, kill, investment oriented. Kill J.J. Abrams and take over Episode Seven. Don't get too worked up about the Star Wars prequels. You know, it's um, it's true because if J.J. Abrams didn't exist, they definitely would have given the prequels to you. It would. I, I would have been one the, step closer. You know, like that yeah. thing where like. <laughs> just kill everybody who who was picked before like, you. Like technically, if you're like the janitor at a high school, you're technically in line succession to like become president if everyone in the government dies before you do. That kind of thing. Oh. Um, yeah, I see. I see. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. So yeah, yeah. If anyone listening to this day happened has knows three things that they would go back to tell themselves in nineteen eighty five, assuming you were alive in nineteen eighty five. Or at least instructions you could leave for yourself in 1985 that could be somehow be given to you when you're older, but that you could still take advantage of in the last 30 years. Man. Um, but yeah, so did you do I a- just leave myself a, an arbitrary note that makes no sense, like, watch out for rabbits, and you'd be my whole life growing up paranoid about bunnies. <laughs> well, of course, you know. Practical joke on myself. Uh, you could tie the whole, our whole conversation together and say, hey, don't throw away your Nintendo games. Keep That's the boxes. True. Actually, you I know did. what? If you wanted I did to make keep money. The boxes. You like could actually write down a list of, like, buy these Nintendo games. Oh, that's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, buy... Wait. Except I wouldn't make money because I hold on to that shit. I'm not going to sell it. Yeah, that's true. Man, I'm still buy kicking myself. Countries, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast. One of the first times I really thought about game collecting in terms of, like, like having access to games for cheap and thinking, I should maybe buy some of these that might be worth something Something that someday was... Um, just... It, I think it was maybe, like, it's the same year that the Super Nintendo came out that's... I was at a Toys R Us. This must have been like 1990, 1991. And Toys R Us was selling... They had the pallets full of uh, Ness Zelda, the very first Zelda game, that they yeah. were selling for five bucks. Brand new, still shrink-wrapped, five bucks a piece. Yeah, and I remember good. thinking back then, I didn't have too much money in my pocket, but so it wasn't really like a really serious thing. But I remember thinking, the first time ever in my, in my life, I ever thought, wow, I should... If I had like a thousand bucks, I would sit down and buy, like, all of these things and see how much they would actually be worth in, like, 30 years. And if I had done that... I mean, Zelda's not that... Yeah, but sealed shit. People pay dumb money. That's the thing. If I could, like, just take that stuff and put it in a bomb shelter for 30 years, yeah, Yeah. I could be... Yeah, I'd have retirement money right now, essentially. Um, Yeah. But that's our Back to the Future talk, I guess. Okay, cool. Did you do anything special for Back to the Future? The fact that it was called Back to the Future Day. I avoided Twitter like the plague is what I did. (sighs) Man, I thought it was... I I knew the internet was going to explode over Back to the Future stuff, but I did not expect to be... (laughs) This sounds so stupid. I did not expect Back to the Future Day, quote-unquote, to be so heavily uh, commodified. Mm -hmm. It sounds like I sound like a crazy person complaining about Christmas. But, like, the fact that you had Pepsi and Nike and all these little this and that, and it's like, damn. The fact that everyone was just calling it Back to the Future Day. It's Back to the Future Day. Um, yeah. yeah, it was like a little, like, ugh. Pepsi yeah. was selling $20 bottles of Pepsi Perfect. 
Yeah, I saw some people being like, I'm trying to I'm trying to buy a $20 bottle of Pepsi. What the fuck? Oh, man, one cool thing, though. Again, you don't care too much about Back to the Future, but um, alongside the new uh, Back to the Future box set they came out with, which actually comes in cool packaging, it comes mm-hmm. in a little box that actually has a button on it that lights up so it looks like the flux capacitor inside the, the time machine. <laughs> um, they came out with a book called like the Back to the Future Complete like Historical Visual Encyclopedia or something. And it sounds the title sounds kind of goofy, but it's actually um, assembled with the cooperation of the people who made Back to the Future, and it really is just like a making of the Back to the Future movies. Um, yeah. th- there's a whole lot of text about how like the movies were conceived and filmed and stuff like that, but like lots of pictures, behind the scenes photos of like yeah filming and deleted scenes and lots of great concept art for all the stuff which is especially great because all the back to the, for the, all the 2015 stuff you get to see all the costume designs for what everyone was supposed to be wearing these days and uh, the coolest thing is the book is filled with a whole bunch of like little um like replicas of props from the movies that like they actually you can actually like take out like there's like uh prop replica photos of like characters like there's a lenticular photo of marty and his uh brother and sister that like you know if you twist the lenticular photo like the brothers and the brother and sister would disappear just like the photo in the first back to the future movie uh there's a copy of the letter that uh, marty writes to doc warning him that he's gonna get shot on the night he goes back in time that's like in an envelope and everything like that looks just like the movie and uh, just lots of cool little stuff like that um like a save the clock tower flyer like stuck in between the pages of the book and just little things like that. It's, it's it's a pretty cool little book. If you if you really dig Back to the Future, um, check that out. It's on Amazon. Yeah, just like Back to the Future Visual History Encyclopedia or something like that. It's it's pretty awesome. Well, con- I'm glad you found something you like so much. What else? Did you just delete half your stuff? Yeah, it wasn't worth talking about. My uh, Rock Band Four is is more rock band so did you buy did you have to buy a, a guitar i did buy a guitar is it good it's fine it's it's exactly like the old rock band oh, okay good talk so uh good yeah, talk it's 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 more rock band i don't <laughs> and they like there's they, it it's missing shit so like uh it's missing shit yeah, like Rock Band Three had stuff in it that this one doesn't have. Well, Rock Band Three had the keytar, but what else is it missing? So, like the customizable, like okay, so you want to make a band, right? Yeah, and you want all of your characters in your band to be your own creation. Oh, I right? heard about this. Yeah, this is bullshit. You can't do that. Only the character that you're currently playing as will be a character you created. All the others will be just. Mm. A character, the, a pre-made character that 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 exists is because so. I know Guitar Hero, which also just came out. They have pre-filmed. It's like live video backgrounds for yeah. Rock Band. Is it still like like the digital like you know like the the the, the three-dimensional video game characters like running around on a stage just like all the other Rock Bands? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So there's no reason why they can't just like make those characters like things that you can. I mean, granted, I'm sure Rock Band, this is an experiment to see how popular this, this series can be again, so they only want to invest so much time and money in this thing. I but that's that, that, I just that's It's really just weird. always baffling when, when games go back yeah. on, on and take away features that weren't previous. Can you name the band? Yeah. Okay, so again, at least you can do that, yeah. Yeah, you yeah can I remember it. Rock Band. Not only could you, could, could everyone in the band have very specific characters that they could design with, like, tons 
tons of customization features, hats yeah. and cl- clothes and hair and stuff. I remember you could upload that to the Rock Band website and spend like $100 per figure. You get like three to, uh, 3D printed figures of all your band, ma- uh, band mm. members too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a, there's it's it's I mean aside from that all the stuff is is fine it's more rock. We're a long so, ways from yeah. that. Um Did oh! you have Oh. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh I was going to ask if you actually got around to playing the new Assy Creed. That's exactly what I was going to talk about. Um I got to play <laughs> me myself. I got to play 5 minutes of it until I got to a point where I thought and the game was bored. busted. Oh. No, this is the thing. So the last two Assassin's Creed games I bought they were so broken that I only got like like a little bit into the game before I hit a game breaking bug and I had to set it aside and I never picked it up again. Nice. Which why I'm so stupid to pick up do that a third time. <laughs> this is my fault more than anything else. So anyway, I got to this part. Literally, it's in the tutorial stage. Five minutes into the game, there's a part where you're supposed to. It's your first assassination, and mm-hmm. I got all the way up to the point where I'm supposed to find the guy. Except like the little green dots that says that's supposed to be the marker in the environment where I'm supposed to reach. That'll start the cutscene where I assassinate the guy. Is on the other side of this wall inside this like industrial warehouse where all this like this the shit's being built like it's all Victorian. They're making fishing chips in there, are they? Oh man, the first like I think like the second line of dialogue you hear in the game is like, "Oh, what's all this then?" Which, what's all this? Thing? Which is that's my go-to English right. joke, and that's yeah, that made me laugh my <laughs> ass off. So I thought I was stuck. Because, like, there's no doors, or, and I was looking, because you're in this big warehouse with this giant wall, and I'm trying to look for a door, because, like, the green marker I need to get to to complete this mission is just, obviously, right on the other side of this, like, this wall that, like, this this catwalk I'm in just dead ends right under this wall, and I cannot figure out for the life of me how to get on the other side of the wall and hit that checkpoint and just, like, continue the game. So I thought it was easier for me to assume that the game was bugged than that I was doing anything wrong. <laughs> yeah. And while I was playing, Maxwell Motley, listener, sometimes special co-host of the, this podcast, uh, she was playing the game uh, in, she lives in uh, Wales. And so she hopped on to talk to me. She just wanted to see what I thought about the game. And she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? How are you not getting past that tutorial stage? And because uh, we're both on PlayStation 4, she remembered that they have the share play thing where you can take over the other person's game remotely. And so that's what she did, because she just wanted to see if my game was busted or if I was being an idiot. And so she actually played my game to me, and she actually found the door I had to go through. So for once, it wasn't the game being busted. It was me being an idiot. And or, well, so, was it you being an idiot, or was it, like, bad level design? It was also bad level design. But at okay. least the game was working the way it's supposed to. It wasn't like... Yeah. Um, so she actually, yeah, got me to the next checkpoint, and she, came, I was this close to quitting the game. If she had not texted or messaged me and said, hey, Bill, you want to hang out? Or, like, I can watch you play Assassin's Creed. Like, I would have just given it up, and I would have never kept on playing this game. But, yeah, she essentially solved the tutorial for Assassin's Creed for me. Yeah. Uh, but that wasn't the coolest part. Um, what happened next was she wanted to I show hope me. That's not the coolest part. I know that's a great story. <laughs> I almost gave up on playing the game. It was pretty Max cool. Motley showed me. She showed me how to walk through a door. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Max wanted to show me some stuff that happens later on in the game. She wanted to show me what the actual city looked like because she uh, she's from well, she's from Wales, but she's lived a long time in London. And the game takes place in like 1868 era London. And mm-hmm. so she wanted to show me all the stuff that's like that's in the game that still exists to this day. So she uh, turned on her 
uh, game and her PlayStation 4, and she let me share play watch her. I wasn't controlling her game. I was just watching her. She was essentially Twitch streaming, but I was the only audience member. And so for like two yeah, hours this afternoon, she just kind of gave me a guided tour of London of all the major landmarks that are still there, and this is over here and stuff. And we even got to the point where... There was one part where I was like, oh, this kind of looks like the rooftops at the end of Skyfall when James Bond is standing on top of the roof and talking to Miss Moneypenny and like right before he goes talk to M. And I was like, I wonder if this could be that. And we started looking it up on a map where she was in the game compared to real life and Google Maps. And we realized we're actually only a couple blocks away. And she actually got there and actually pretty much found the spot inside Assassin's Creed where that part in Skyfall was filmed. And just kind of, like, running around, like, she climbed up on top of St. Paul's, and then she showed me, like, St. Pancras Station, which is this big train uh, station in the game, which still exists in real life, which was the inspiration for King's Cross and Harry Potter. And, oh, it was just really cool. It was worth me buying the game just so it would inspire her to get in touch with me so I could watch her play her copy of the game <laughs> for two hours. But, like, again, it's someone who lives in London and actually sees all this stuff all the time in real life. Like, she yeah. was pointing out to me that, like, there's a bunch of... Oh, God, are they called bollards? There's posts in all the sidewalks in the game. And she was explaining to me that, like, those are actually, like, hitching posts for horses back in the day, but they're, they still are exist in London. They never got rid of them. And a lot of the posts in the game are actually um, when um, England realized it didn't need so much of an, a giant navy anymore. They took a lot of the cannons from the navy ships and actually buried them in cement and used them as hitching posts all throughout London, which a lot of them still exist throughout modern-day London today. And so she was showing me different, like, just, like, weird little bits of, like, architectural trivia about London that she could show me through a video game. The game's, like, that well put together. It's not a perfect one-to-one -one replica of London. You know, it's compressed. It's like a Grand Theft oh, yeah. Auto game. But, like, the general highlights, the fact that, like, I don't know, it's just... That's my favorite part of the Assassin's Creed games is, like, video game is holodeck. I'm not really that worried about it killing anybody or the story, but just kind of, like, just going to another time and oh, place. that rich Assassin's Creed story, though. I know. Jesus Christ. Even this game? You know, I realized. I've played, I have played several Assassin's Creed games. Yeah? I haven't beaten a single one. You're not missing anything. I always get, like, 40 or 50 hours in, and I'm like... Well, Assassin's Creed 2 and 3. I needed out of that. Well, that's was Assassin's Creed 2 and Assassin's Creed 2 Part 2. They were pretty good, and the stories were actually okay. Um, I know they came yeah. out with Assassin's Creed 2 Part 3, where you're playing as old Ezio. The character was introduced in the first yeah. second game. I can't believe you can say that. Um, <laughs> and I remember Annie talking about how much she really liked that game, but I was hoping that, like, that game would end with you playing him dying as an old man, because the very first game that he's in starts off with you playing him as a baby, like, right after he's born. And I yeah. love the idea of there being a trilogy of games, regardless if it's Assassin's Creed or anything else, where, like, they would literally have you playing someone from from birth to death. And she said, no, actually, Assassin's Creed 3 ends. He's old, but, like, you don't get to see him die or anything like that. I was like, oh, fuck that shit, then. That, that's a wasted opportunity they could have done for some kind of cool, I don't know, thematic, I don't know. But, yeah, so, yeah, Assassin's Creed. You play Assassin's as a lady Creed. in this one. Yay! Yay, but they're going to put out Jack the Ripper DLC, so you can also play as someone who gets his jollies off on murdering women. Wait, you play as Jack the Ripper? That's supposed to be DLC that's coming out for this game. I don't know if you're going to be doing parkour and stuff. I guess you have to if it's an Assassin's Creed game. Parkour. Oh, man. That could that could be incredibly distasteful. I, I guess we'll find out the hard way. Man, did you ever see Time After Time? 
Yeah. The old it stars uh Clockwork Orange and Tron. It's uh HG Wells. He builds a time machine. It's from like 1979 stars Malcolm McDowell is HG Wells. Turns out he built a real time machine that is stolen by Jack the Ripper, which is played by um Oh god. Yeah, it's it's the bad guy from Tron. This sounds vaguely familiar, but yeah! I don't think I've seen it. And uh, Jack the Ripper, he takes the time machine and takes it to, like, the modern-day 1979. Well, that's because the movie was made in 1979. Uh, modern-day San Francisco and starts killing people again. And H.G. Wells has to follow him into the future and, like, stop his wave of destruction. Yeah, that sounds vaguely uh, David Warner. What is, what is your favorite, like, Jack the Ripper what? story? What? Who has a favorite Jack the Ripper story? What? That's a, no, that's like, a question. Like telling of it. That's like a... telling of it. Really? Like from hell or or, or Oh from Hell was things. terrible. I know it's based off a comic book. I never read that I, that's comic. That's the only name I can think of. Ugh. I, I saw one Time that after starred, time, because David uh, Warner is a good Jack the Ripper. That, I saw one that starred uh I think it was um oh what's his name? Alfred from Batman. Uh Oh really? Chris uh, Michael Kane. Michael Kane. Oh, I thought you were talking Michael Goff. No, Michael it's called Ma- Really? It's called Michael Kane. Michael Kane. Yeah as an investigator and that one was pretty entertaining i saw it at like 2 a.m like on a thursday morning michael kane jack the ripper i need to watch more stuff with michael kane in it so this was a tv series was this like a bbc series from like 1988 Mm. i don't know i saw it all in one chunk one night yeah it looks like it well yeah it's michael kane and jane seymour yeah it was a pretty interesting little thing okay i never heard about that before yeah yeah so people playing at home uh Go watch Jack the Ripper. <laughs> well, it is a week until Halloween. Yeah. So it is appropriate if... I don't know, something about... Jack the Ripper seemed like such a fucking asshole. Granted, any serial killer's what? an asshole. What? Jack the Ripper <laughs> was an asshole, you I say? Don't, I don't, Bill, I don't know if I can handle you taking these hard stances I know, like seriously. This. You know what? Jeez. 9-11 should never happen. I've known guys who have like gotten really into Jack the Ripper stuff in a way that's mm-hmm. like, man, you're creeping me the fuck out and i can be a creepy guy myself i'm not like some bright and bright shining example of like how to be a stand-up dude but like ugh, i don't know yeah you're talking about a guy who's talking about buying his anti-suit that's true yeah so i would just look like i would just look like a big green pear with a boner like little croissant sized boner chasing people hey bill did you have anything else to say about the star wars trailer <laughs> oh i forgot about that oh that's the big thing that happened this week um anyone you put who... out a special podcast that if you want to yeah! listen to bill try to buy tickets to star wars for half an hour you are welcome to go listen to that <laughs> exactly uh did you care about this uh, new star wars trailer at all I, I watched it yeah i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna get all slobbery over it because i mean it's not worth it although it is uh, it is fun to do though hence us getting all slobbery over it and recording a podcast about us getting all slobbery over it but. yeah i mean i it's I tend I don't really get excited over stuff, so um, my expectations are aren't high. They're not low. Yeah, they're you're a cool, just, considerate I man. Really have, I really don't have expectations. So if I go in and it's good, I'll be like, oh, that was that was good. Do you need tickets to see it? it? Did you buy tickets? I am not going opening day because I'll be sitting in the theater, and every time somebody appears on screen, the whole audience will applause, and I hate that shit. Oh, really? Yeah. Depending on the audience. The opening night audience for that is going to be likely to be insufferable, but... Yeah, so I'm, uh, there's no way in hell you could... I yeah, mean, Bobby you know. Roberts and I, we were chatting on email, and he specifically got a uh, 
tickets for the seven. So all the first screenings are seven o'clock that night. And we accidentally bought tickets to the same screening because our logic was, well, it's whatever uh, theaters that's closest to to both of us. But we mm-hmm. specifically went for the 730 screening because it's half an hour after the first one. Also, it's 2D, whereas the, the 7 o'clock screenings are all uh, 3D. And so yeah. we thought that, like, that might act as a lightning rod where the hardest of the hardcore motherfuckers would go to that first 7 o'clock 3D screening and like maybe some yeah. slightly more genteel people who got their shit together uh, would wait would have the balls and the maturity to wait for the 7.30 screening half an hour this, later. But Is this post filming 3D or did they film it with 3D? It's post, yeah. No, they did uh, not okay. film it native. Although I guess they filmed some parts natively in IMAX and so there's some IMAX screenings too but it's not the whole movie only which I never understand. Like how does that work? I don't know. Because I, I guess the um, Batman movies were, some parts were filmed in IMAX, but... I don't know. So do you have any other thoughts that you didn't get out on your uh, special Star Wars podcast? Nah. It's the movie, the trailer looks good, though. And uh, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that the movie confirms that the movie look, really does look like um, Dizzy Ridley is the main character. You've got the, laid, the main character of a Star Wars movie is being a lady. So everything else yeah. aside, it's kind of worth getting excited about that. Um, oh, but yeah, you. I bought 12 tickets for that movie. <laughs> Yeah, you sure did. I bought six tickets to do to two different screenings that night. Well, the nice thing is, it's not like you're going to have a f- problem finding people to take those tickets from. Exactly. Well, that's why I bought so many. Um, yeah. Not going to scalp them, but I know plenty of people who wanted to see that movie who did not have the fucking patience to, to wrestle with Fandango all fucking night as Fandango burned like the 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 was it the the. The sea beams off the shoulder of Orion, the warships off the... I don't know why I'm suddenly going to a Blade Runner place, but... I don't know why you are either. Okay, so we should take a break and do the Geek News and Review? Sure, we'll do that! Okay. Uh, the, we'll be back! Welcome back. It's the Geek Week News and Review, starring Bill Mudrin and Daniel Rutis. Yeah! Hey, Bill. What up? Gilmore Girls is coming back via Netflix? Yeah! So you tell me about this. Yeah, I know you're the big Gilmore Girls fan here. Uh, apparently, Gilmore Girls is coming back via Netflix. Yeah. Well, who's your favorite Netflix? Oh, wait. <laughs> My favorite Netflix... <laughs> Uh, my favorite band, probably... my favorite Netflix <laughs> album is the Red Album. Um, have you ever seen Gilmore Girls? Uh, no. Gilmore Girls is good. I haven't mm. seen it in a decade. Maybe it's not as good as I remember it being, but Gilmore Girls is pretty. I bet the fashions are on point. Uh, they, that's the nice thing with Gilmore Girls, because they weren't too worked up about, about fashion, so it's not like, even though the, one of the main characters was a high school kid, it's not like she was dressed like... It's not like, like going back and watching The Wizard or something where like she's like totally dressed up in the latest fashions. Although yeah. her friend uh, was in a uh, grunge band, and that music may have not have aged very well. Probably not. Uh, but you know, Gilmore Girls was kind of cute. I know like, people love to make fun of Gilmore Girls, but it was cute. And in fact, actually watching, well, watching um, Once Upon a Time with my housemate tonight, I recognized, I think that there's a diner that everyone eats in. I think it's this, it's Luke's Diner from uh, Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls is good. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, well, the I, I've never seen it, but I, I am 
deadly sure that it is better than Once Upon a Time. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed because the dude who played the father of the Gilmore Girls was was he the father or the grandfather? Um, he's the guy who played the the head bad guy in the Lost Boys, and he just died not long ago. Oh, okay. Which you know, because I made you guys watch Lost Boys for the first time last Halloween. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, not me. I've seen it before because it's one of my wife's favorite movies. Was it his name Edward Herman? Yeah, no, that's yeah. Uh, Gilmore Girls. That's good. There's nothing wrong with that coming back. Um, nothing wrong with that. what else? What else? Hey, also, Yahoo lost $42 on Community and other two original shows it tried to produce. Bill, did you mean to write, like, $42 million? I meant to Did they lose $42? I meant to write $42 million, but, like, I actually (laughs) just wrote $42, (laughs) and I actually laughed for a moment and just said, you know what, that's good enough. So tell me how they lost this this whopping $42. How do you lose $42 million in Community? How can Community be that expensive to produce i know because the, the people on it think they're more important than they well, are and and i know there's marketing and stuff too i mean granted this is also like i said in the show notes it's not just like, community it's how much it's I know two other com- shows but i know community isn't like friends but think about how much money like them or the people from seinfeld were were asking for what? per episode the head guy then- community his only other gig is to show up and fuck up hosting the video game awards every december no he's on the soup is he on the he soup? the soup. Yeah, on Fuck the that channel. guy. He is... The funny thing, he's actually not that bad on Community, but man, he is fucking noxious on anything else I've ever seen him on. Um, I don't know. I'm not... I don't care about Community because it had Chevy Chase on it, and anything that is associated with Chevy Chase, I don't want any part of. Uh, even Three and Amigos? It might be a good show, but I've never seen it. I don't want it. Have you seen... You've never seen Chevy vacation Chase. movies? No, because it's got Chevy Chase! <sighs> man, have you ever seen The Money Pit? Yes. Money Pit's fucking hilarious. It has nothing to do with Chevy Chase. Money Pit's fucking hilarious. <laughs> that part where Tom Hanks gets stuck in the floor with the rug. The Care Bears are here. That's good stuff. <laughs> Meg, the Money Pit existing is almost worth What's Her Name, Fle- uh, What's Her Name leaving Cheers just to make that movie. Fucking yeah. A. And I love oh. Cheers, and I was super bummed when Shelley Long left that, that show. I sure but... as heck was, and I hated her character. I, I, You know what the whole point that you're supposed to hate her, but like you go back and watch it, she is like... Pulaski on Star Trek The Next Generation where as a kid she's grading but like when you come back as an adult you're like okay I can see what the, what the point of her nope. character is she's she is super foil. grading I still like Shelley Long better than I like what's her face who replaced her I don't think I don't we're gonna agree and I to like disagree. what's her face who replaced her um uh Savick what the what the hell's her actual name fat actress fat actress no she had that reality show called fat actress um oh. <laughs> I'll let you look it up. Yeah, let me look it up. It's not Robin Curtis. It's the other one. I don't remember her name either. Uh, Kirstie Alley. Yeah, her. Yeah, I'm not saying she is. I liked her fine. Yeah, she was a completely different character. Well, that's what I kind of like the fact that they just didn't try to make Shelley Long 2.0, but they actually like. Yeah, whereas like with. But they did a fine job making Coach 2.0 with. Woody Harrelson. Although he's. I mean, yeah. He was just a younger version of Coach. Dumb, like, well meaning guys. Yeah. That is hey, kinda... what 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 is YouTube Red? You oh shit! I actually totally forgot to look this up. Oh good, YouTube so Red. All on. I know is that YouTube, like it's YouTube's new subscription service where you can pay ten bucks a month to get rid of ads. Essentially, what Hulu Plus oh. was supposed to be. Although, if you subscribe to new Hulu Plus, you get shitloads. You don't get shitloads of commercials. You get the same two commercials aired yeah. every fucking commercial well, break. Hulu didn't they just put out a, to another subscription where you can? Yeah, there's some kind of new tier or something like that, which. I don't know if it's like Hulu Plus Plus or what. I that don't reminds fuck. me, I need to cancel my Hulu account. Really? 
I never use it, yeah. Uh, I don't use I was only using Hulu to watch the Daily Show. The only reason I signed up for it is was because they had every single episode of MXC on it. What the hell is that? MXC is that Takashi's Castle dubbed over. Is that still not on there? No, it's on M- it's on Hulu. Okay. But that's the reason I got Hulu. Uh, Fresh it. Meat from the UK. That's a pretty good show. There is I there's I don't know. I you know what uh, because I watch so much stupid stuff on YouTube these days, I actually, <laughs> this is funny because now they have subscription service. I actually watch enough stuff on YouTube these days that I kind of stopped watching Netflix and Well, okay, but and, uh, why Hulu. would you need YouTube Red where you can just get Adblock? Which, yeah. I haven't seen an ad on YouTube in <laughs> years. <laughs> they, just in the last couple months, they started, well, they changed their API for YouTube. Bill, are you eating? I had a mint. You son of a bitch. The mint is gone. That's the only crunch you're going to hear this whole podcast. Um, no, they did My change... ears heard that. Yeah, YouTube did change their uh, text, so I have started... For the longest time, I didn't see ads, but within the last couple months, I did start to see ads. Um, and well, I'm sure knows? that was part been... of the lead-up to the subscription service, which is supposed they... to nuke ads. They could have been the company that bought Adblock. Wait, someone bought Adblock? Uh-huh. Wait, and when the hell a, did this happen? It was an undisclosed company, like oh, a week wow. or two ago. In fact, like, that's YouTube's, with, they, they would have the money and the reason to do it. Um, but there's, man, I mean, other ones will pop it's up. It's funny, too, because for the longest thing. time, I didn't start using Adblock until earlier this year, and there was something, somebody needed me to see if their site still worked, if Adblock was still on, if, uh-huh. if, if, if you were browsing their website with Adblock. So I had to download Adblock. They had to tell me how to download and install Adblock onto Chrome. And I did, and I never turned it off, but it was so nice after getting it installed <laughs> that yeah. I kind of forgot that it was still on until I would start using another browser to browse the web. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with the internet? I'm like, oh shit, well, this, this doesn't have ad blocker. Ad blockers are the shit. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I use it mostly for like YouTube and stuff like that where yeah, it's so abrasive, but yeah. like any webcomic pages i visit i turn off on those pages because which is a shame because the webcomic pages could actually use that money well that's what i'm saying i turn i make sure the ad block doesn't run on those you do the whitelist stuff yeah yeah um because i I don't even have a whitelist that's how little i know how to use ad block i need to fuck ad blocks man the internet so terrible without okay shut up bill (laughs) so well i did see one thing complaining uh some content or creators are claiming that uh, YouTube is threatening to delete any content unless you also sign up for this uh, YouTube Red service somehow. Beautiful. Again, I meant to, it's the That's a weekend. great way to get people that are trying to use your service to go to a different service. Yeah. Is there any big YouTube competitors out there right now? Uh, I, Vidmo, I guess, is kind of, but not Vimeo? really. And yeah, that's the I thing. Know, Google's got a monopoly on that shit. Yeah. Um, I'm trying so to think. So I heard... Although I guess what? they are, like, you, as part of your YouTube Red subscription, you're supposed to get, like, exclusive new TV shows from, uh, like, PewDiePie. And one thing that alarms yeah. me is that the new president of YouTube is someone who is, like, the president of MTV for, like, the last ten years. And, like, if they're trying to turn YouTube into, like, like have, like, MTV, like, cool. like, like, so yeah, like the, the, the one of the best things about YouTube is... Is that it's so nebulous and there isn't like guided content that they're always trying to steer you towards. It's just like this totally democratized, like nebulous pile of garbage that everyone can kind of root through at their own speed. 
If you want to see a pile of garbage, just take a look at Bill's favorite list. Oh, man, yeah. That's YouTube, the thing. I'm one of those. Of I love to nitpick through that garbage pile, but if the garbage <laughs> pile, if they're going to try to shape it into this big thing, then every, like, fuck you. Every now and then, you pick up something and are like, oh, oh my somebody God. only used half of this Q-tip. Have you ever heard of... Wait, I got to look up. What's the, my most recent... I'll have to add like a link to my favorites in the show notes. Oh, uh, don't do Today, it, the la- most recent thing I favorited is... Dun, 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 what is this called? Um, Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. <laughs> Fantastic. This is a show uh, about a chimp who is a secret agent, and he goes on adventures. Uh, this one, he's fighting Dr. Doctor Ape and the Lance of Arabia. It's, oh my god, it's fucking hilarious. It's stupid as shit. It's great. Uh, Kojima officially gone from Konami as of October 9th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the weird thing is, uh, Konami came out and said they weren't even aware that this happened. <laughs> which that's a total perfect end note to their whole relationship where there's like oh man, what fuck konami man i hope they na- change their name and just vanish forever yeah i mean jeez i would like to see a castlevania picture uh, Re- remember in the 90s when anything with a konami on it name was like you would buy it because it was a symbol of quality. I remember in the 80s, that's what that was. Man, 80s. like fucking, like the early days of the NES, man, Konami and Capcom, those were the two companies that if you saw their name on a game, you picked that shit up. And even if it wasn't great, it was at least pretty good. Uh, I remember playing the fuck out of Russian Attack at the at, at the at the arcade. Not even the arcade. It was like the Seven Eleven mom and pop uh, magazine shop right around the corner. And that was, a, that was like one of their first NES games. And that, I love the shit out of that. Could you imagine what would happen to Konami if Japan decided to outlaw Pachinko? I, I guess that would never happen because I know gambling is outlawed in Japan, but like the very specifically touched, like turned such a very specific blind eye to Pachinko. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like I want to wish ill will against Konami. I just kind of want. I do. I mean, granted, at it's least the not current like... president. Konami had not. It's been so long since Konami had such consistently put out anything good. Anyway, like I feel like this is kind of inevitable. I could see if they were just like up until like a couple years yeah. ago, knocking out tons of great stuff, and suddenly they just strangled death, that baby in its, its sleep. I mean, yeah, part I mean, of me like okay, uh, Konami is the Walter White of video games. Konami did Silent Hill, right? Yeah, and you loved. Okay, okay. See, my only real interest uh, beyond like their their output, like in the NES days was pretty much just Castlevania. Metal Gear was okay, but Castlevania was my bread and butter. And mm-hmm. they, they haven't put out a good Castlevania game in like seven or eight years, so I'm kind of... But all the 3D ones. <sighs> you know what, actually, that first, the Lords of Shadow, wasn't terrible. <laughs> uh, at least they put some money and effort into it. Like, it had a really, like, it looked really pretty. and went on for yeah, way too long. Yeah, this is the company that said that... They didn't want to do any more 2D Castlevania games because that nobody was... wants 2D Castlevania games. Yeah, that was a hard... Seeing that, that, and dude... everybody in the world said, yes, we do. And yeah. they said, no, you don't. That broke my heart. That is, when they stopped making 2D Castlevanias, that's when I stopped caring about Konami. And that was the only thing I really cared about them anyway. Um, yeah, so what yeah, was... So Kojima has a non-compete clause until December, and then... Come December, we get to find out who is crazy enough to hire him and have him spend all their budget. Well, the joke everyone's been making that he'll inevitably show up the video game awards in December and like have yeah. like announce a gaming Kickstarter in front of like the whole audience and have a big interview with Jeff Keighley or something like that. Yeah, but, but his games cost so much, I can't imagine him doing Kickstarter. Man, it's been okay. Order of Ecclesia, the last uh, 2D Castlevania game, came out in 2008. Jesus Christ. 
So seven. Fuck it, seven years ago. Yeah. No, I don't see him. I mean, it's possible he might try Kickstarter, but there's no way Kickstarter could afford. On one him. hand's, I mean, I fucking hate Kojima. <laughs> I don't hate Kojima. You hate his stories. I hate his story. I don't. I don't wish him ill will. He's really good at making games. He is really bad at making stories. People get too wound Some up people about would him disagree either with way. me on that, but his stories are just ridiculous. I think as a human being, he's kind of a. He's not. He's kind of. He's a creepy dude, and he's he creepy is, in that Japanese he, otaku way where no one's ever really told him no or like, yeah, hey man, he's, maybe some of this shit ain't cool. You look at the same like people in the video game in Japan of his same like era and they're all kind of like him like the dude who was in charge of dead or alive yeah like, those kind of people where where they don't quite get that what they're doing is like no put more boob physics on that they don't get that that's kind of weird yeah like, they kind of like no. relics and they don't even realize they're well I guess they really realize that they're but then relics again, now the nice but... thing about Kojima is he does like <laughs> Snake's ass was very prominent in Metal Gear Solid 4 like <laughs> Like super hard, yeah. so he's not just sexes against ladies. He he sexualizes the dudes as but well. Metal Gear Solid Five <laughs> was fucking awesome, though. At the same time, terrible story, yeah. dumb characters. But that was that was a good song song to go out. Well, that's the thing is, so I don't know what. Hey, speaking of of Metal Gear Solid Five, you said mentioned last week on this podcast that they were gonna like start. Uh, charging people that play in offline mode. Yeah, I tried to find information on that. I wasn't able to find any. Information it's an offline on that. tax. Where's... It's just like this is nothing. Yeah, but that I, was I haven't been announced. able to find any information on that. Where'd you hear that? Metal Gear. Uh, it was NeoGaf and a couple other oh. places where people were just like, "Oh my god, I'm suddenly being docked like twenty five thousand dollars." Was a quarter oh, million something. dollars for? I mean, th- enough that like, okay, let's see, offline tax. Metal Gear Solid Five. Let's see if there's any kind of. I just updates. didn't see anybody, any like actual websites covering it, and I can't imagine that. With how much yeah, actually, if you type in just MS, uh, uh, MGS5 uh, offline tax, the first thing that still pops up is the uh, NeoGAF mm. thing. Well, I'll have to uninstall my patches if I'm ever going to play that game again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't see any... Oh, man. Um, actually, uh, what I'm looking at right now, actually, uh, our episode last week complaining about that is like one of the like number eight... Re, uh, search result on Chrome in in, in Google mm. for Metal Gear Solid offline tags. Good job. Uh oh, we might get sued. <laughs> I I just sourced it. I just said it was a rumor coming from NeoGaf. I haven't played it myself since this shit happened. I'll just throw that out. Gotcha. Um, but would you put it past? I hate to be that person. No, I don't no, want to justify not at all. Potentially bad news by saying would you put it past them to do that? But yeah, no. Uh, moving on. But well, who was like? I, what does Kojima do next, though? Assuming he stays in the game industry, like, no one's gonna trust... Like, he's never gonna get a Kickstarter big enough. I mean, it would be nice if he, like, like did, like, another Boktai game where he did, like, a small... Um, if he had to do, do another Kickstarter, it'd be great if he actually had a whole brand new idea, didn't do something that was aping Metal Gear, that didn't require a Metal Gear budget, but did some kind of fun... Like, if he did, like... I could see I Square Enix hiring him for something because they have time and money. You think so? Or... Sony hiring him to do something exclusive because that's yeah. kind of how they're rolling lately. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's all speculations. It's hard to say what the heck they do. Mm. Maybe, maybe Nintendo will hire him to front, be the front, the face of the NX. I'm Ugh. just kidding. That would never happen. What would he uh, do for Nintendo? I guess it could. Oh, man, could you imagine Kojima directing a Metroid game? It would probably still be better than other M. I'm trying to imagine what Samus's outfit would look like because it would be like the suit <laughs> with like the butt cheeks cut out. 
Yeah. And oh man, oh that anyway. would. Ugh. But anyway, I don't know so. if you heard about this. After 14 seasons and 248 episodes, MythBusters is coming to an end. Man, that's that's a. I guess over 3,000 experiments done on the show. Man, I feel bad because I feel like I'm like I'm missing out on the end of an era because I've not actually seen that much in the way of MythBusters. Because what MythBusters oh. only came on air what like. Yeah, fourteen seasons. So, like, what, fourteen years ago? I really <laughs> only haven't had fourteen years. Well, I haven't had cable <laughs> in that decade and a yeah, half, and no, so I fair. never really had a chance to like just browsing through uh, Discovery, just happen across MythBusters or watch MythBusters uh, um, marathon or anything like that. But once they started uploading um, whole seasons of MythBusters on Netflix, I did gorge the hell out of that, and that is a goddamn cute yeah. show. I love MythBusters. You know, it's I'm actually, I'm actually kind of surprised it's still around. It's one of those things well, they, when they first announced it was being canceled, I was like, really? I, I thought it maybe was already done. Like, Yeah. Well, I mean, Adam and Jamie can't stand each other. Really? Yeah, they hate each other pretty much. I mean... They have a, they have a lot of respect for each other, yeah. but they can't stand each other. I mean, the whole I know the whole gist of the show is that they, they, they have such opposing personalities, but I don't know if in yeah. real life they were like... In real life, they didn't talk. Or you would anything. hope they that just... they go to each other's like kids' bar, mit- bar mitzvahs and stuff. You no, know? they they can't stand each other. I mean, hmm. like they can't even stand it. The, they they don't like the sound of each other's voice. How the hell did they end up like doing a show other. together? Well, they have a they they like I said, they respect each other a lot. Yeah. You might. It's like you're working with somebody. You're not friends with somebody. So it sounds like they're gonna well, last. We don't have this as part of the show notes. From the last thing I heard is that. I guess around uh, New Year's, they're going to have like a week and a half long marathon where they're going to show all, what did you put, like 238, 248 episodes. Jeez. They're going to air all of them back to back over the course of, like on Discovery Channel for over like a week and a half. And of Wait. course, that's going to end. I think it's going to be the last episode they, they, they're they going to end when, with. When FXX did that Simpsons marathon, how many episodes was that? That was about a week's worth of episodes that had to have been a better part of a thousand episodes. Not not yeah. close to a thousand, but it must have been like good like six or seven hundred episodes. Because the Mythbusters are, are all as Simpsons is a half an hour show. Mythbusters is an hour. So that's yeah. two hundred and forty eight hours of Mythbusters. Let's see, Simpsons. Which Simpsons. is a lot of hours. <laughs> yeah, I remember the last time I watched The Simpsons, they were just like celebrating like their two hundredth episode. Which yeah. must have been like season six or something. Oh man, yeah. it's really raining out there. Um, Son of a bitch, motherfucker! A map of Middle Earth, animated by Tolkien, was found. Oh, this we're week. not going to talk anymore about like you. Know, what's like any kind of MythBusters memories or anything like that? Nah, because you aren't really into the show. I just no. It was I mean, worthy, I know. Like, actually, like I just don't have the same history. Oh, they're almost up to six hundred episodes now. They're at the last one. Wow. Uh, four eighty three will uh five eighty three will be later on the season. Um, no, but you know, I guess writing was on the wall when they let go of the B team. Yeah. Um, which they were they were entertaining. The weird well. thing too, this doesn't seem like it's a voluntary like they're being canceled. It's not like they like Adam and Jamie decided to wrap it up because they they talked about how they got the news from Discovery saying the ratings just don't yeah, just don't think, match I up think, anymore. Yeah, I feel like like they were kind of like, oh, but at the same time, they weren't going to fight it. Yeah, after 14 years, you think after a while, you're like... And think about how much work they put into all their stuff. Yeah, Adam on Twitter was saying that, like, he works on that show 40 40 weeks out of the year. He has two two weeks off where he doesn't have to worry about that show at all, but, like, yeah. Um, Brutal. Brutal scheduling. Yeah, and they're going to land on their feet. I mean... 
they could spend well, yeah. the rest of their lives just like making money just from like giving talks about like blowing stuff up or working on stuff. Yeah, you Wars should. Or... Uh, if you haven't, you should watch uh, some of like Adam's builds he does on the tested YouTube. Yeah, channel. no, I wa- Yeah, I'm subscribed to the tested thing, so I watch his builds. I also like they'll do like roundtable podcasts in his little studio where he's like surrounded by all of his like some of the props are like actually like bought from movies, but some of them are like handmade props and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, he's he's. Just, He's Since pretty... everybody's all about Star Wars this week, he does build like a a super accurate replica of uh, Han Solo's blaster. Oh, that's one of the first things I ever saw him do, like the broom handled Mauser gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry you were talking about uh, Tolkien. Yeah, Middle Earth and edited map was found this week in an old copy of the Lords of the Rings, owned by Tolkien's illustrator Pauline Bynes. The big takeaway here being that Hobbiton is supposed to be on the same latitude as Oxford, England, and Mir's Tirith was inspired by the mountaintop Italian city of Ravenna. Um, yeah, this is interesting because Tolkien always claimed, even though people tra- would take the, the map of Middle-earth and like essentially lay it against a map of Europe, and people would point out that like uh, the Shire is essentially where England is, mm-hmm. Germany is essentially where Mordor is, France is essentially where Gondor is... He would say, like, no, it's not supposed to be Lord of the Rings, it's not supposed to be any kind of a metaphor or anything like that. It is interesting to see on these annotated hand drawn maps. Kind of known that it was well, I mean, he always, Middle Earth. Like he always kicked back against that idea. Even yeah. though everyone just like point out, like, no, this is your such you just created like yeah, essentially the elves are the French. And he would be like, No, don't take it that literally. It's not supposed to be a one to one. Although like in the notes in this, he's like essentially saying, Oh yeah, put the sh- the Shire is Oxford. Um, maybe, maybe he. I mean, he was a linguist. He wasn't uh, somebody that made maps. Maybe he was just like, yeah. uh, "I'll just <laughs> copy this here map." I mean, re- I mean, uh, I, although then again, he may, he really kicked against the idea that like, because people interpreted the ring as being like a metaphor for nuclear bombs. You know, because mm. it's this magical thing that whoever gets their hands on could like destroy everyone else, and he really kicked back against that. Maybe he was more worried about the metaphorical stuff of the content, not so much of the layout of, of, of Middle Earth or anything like that. But yeah, it's just funny that someone's just looking through like the books uh, that belong to his old illustrator and said, "Oh yeah, here's a map that he th- th- this this illustrator lady passed back and forth between herself and Tolkien with a bunch of notes from Tolkien." So yeah kind of cool it's not every day you just crack open a book and go oh yeah here's a map of middle earth with tolkien's writing saying well especially too yeah because he does specifically point out that Minas tirith the big kind of wedding cake looking city from return of the king that everyone's trying to protect yeah is based off the italian city of ravenna which i googled image search which is like a little medieval city on top of a mountain it doesn't look like Minas tirith in the movies but you can totally see like where he kind of came up it's cool like you can totally see i don't know it's awesome it looks like awesome. it I don't know. It looks cool. Wow. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Brian Fuller is bringing back Amazing Stories. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think the original Amazing Stories was entertaining when they first came out. Yeah. I tried rewatching them with a buddy a while back. <laughs> they yeah. did not hold up so great. You know I what? Mean, they didn't really hold up watch, when they were brand but... new either. <laughs> tell you the truth. But um, <laughs> I can see this uh, not succeeding at all because nobody's going to remember what Amazing well, Stories was. Well, there's definitely not any nostalgia for it. Yeah. Um. Except for you when you're looking outside. Yeah, because that, hey, it's got a John Williams, it's a TV show with John Williams theme song, and it's got, I still think Amazing Stories is one of the best closing credits things ever, because all it is, it's like, you know, like, it's very uh, Steven Spielberg, and uh, the closing credits are just like dusk over, like, a Midwestern American town as, like, the sun's going down, and everyone's turning on the lights, and everything, like, the shadows drawing long, and everything like Mm -hmm. that, just kind of 
of a cool end of the day, kind of like creepy shadows are crawling, kind of, I don't know, I always liked it. Um, yeah, I mean, watching Amazing Stories was an event in a lot of households back in the day, but... Well, that was... You I also mean, only had eight channels back in the day, so... That came out right when Spielberg was at the height of his Spielberginess. That was like 1985, yeah. and that's right, right when he was like at the height of his powers in terms of like pop culture influence. And he got like, I mean, he directed, and I think he either wrote or just came up with the story for like the first episode, which I remember watching when that first aired was a ghost train episode. Mm. Uh, and uh, like he got like Bob's Mechus to do an episode starring Christopher Lloyd. I remember like he, right? Like I think like fucking, um, who's the guy who did fucking Goodfellas? Uh, directed Goodfellas. Uh, yeah. Scorsese. Like I think Scorsese did an episode. But that's yeah. the funny thing is the lesson of amazing stories that you can get the greatest filmmakers alive to work on your TV show. It doesn't actually make, mean it's going to be any good. Well, the writing wasn't. Yeah. I mean, there was an episode where a guy got a magic remote, so come on. There was an episode where, like, a guy's braces turned magnetic. <laughs> yeah. And there was also one where, like, aliens... It, amazing stories was uh, kind of like a less spooky version of Tales from the Crypt mixed with Goosebumps. Yeah, and it kind of, like, didn't do either extreme very well. Because it tried to be kind of, like, goofy, sentimental, kind of Spielbergian, but tried to be creepy at the same time. And, like, it was never really successful at both, but not, like... Yeah. I remember there was an episode, too, where, like, aliens enter- end up intercepting radio transmissions from the 1950s so they come to earth expecting all of humanity to be like living in the 1950s and like there's these weird aliens the aliens themselves are like these weird like little garbage pail kids with like shoe boxes for hands and mm. i i looked up the amazing stories wikipedia entry after hearing this news and i saw that um batteries not included was supposed to be an amazing stories episode but steven spielberg loved the <laughs> but idea then they were so like much. this is too good which, in retrospect, I like Batteries Not Included, but that is totally too. an Amazing Stories episode, now that yeah. I think about it, yeah. Um, and that's the thing, when you call it Amazing Stories, I know it's based off an old magazine called Amazing Stories, it's not like Spielberg came up with that name, but when you call your show Amazing Stories, you're kind of setting expectations pretty high. And if those stories aren't amazing, people are going to fucking bitch about it, people dig, because those stories were kind of like... Okay, this is like, you came up with this idea on the toilet. This is not, like, amazing. <laughs> At least Tales from the Crypt, you know it's supposed to be kind of spooky, and it's not that hard to kind of, like, if you have, like, low lighting and some blood and some, like, you can create a spooky atmosphere. As it was, Tales from the Crypt was not called, like, Tales that'll blast your ass to a million pieces. It was just Tales yeah. from the Crypt. Yeah. Um, Tales of the Crypt did have its moments, though. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. uh, you gotta go, so, so we'll rush this up. We're at the end anyway. Oh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, there were some Day of the Tentacle remastered screens put out. What'd you think? Uh, I know nothing about Day of the Tentacle, or I had not seen these screens either. I'm gonna say they look like how I want it to look. Really? They look like the pixelated versions kind of drawn better. Is, did they go back and redraw everything? Looks like. Yeah, because what, what, what did that, what did Day of the Tentacle come out on? Was it just PC game? Yes. Correcto. Let's see. So, it's got it's, it's. It's got me more excited for it now that I know that, like, they're not totally redoing, like, all the art like they did in... Uh, huh. Like Monkey Island? Yeah, they're not, quote-unquote, improving the art. It just <sighs> basically looks like a drawn version of what they had in the computer. Did they redraw it, or is it just pushed through a filter? Uh, it looks redrawn because they had a kind of a filter they would push it through. Okay. Back in the day, and it just kind of smoothed out all the edges so everything Yeah, it kind of looks like... Because I've seen some of the original screenshots, and I remember them kind of looking jagged, kind of like almost like an Amiga game. 
And this yeah. almost kind of looks like when you're like using a Super Nintendo emulator that kind of smooths over the like all the curves. Yeah, but not a, the, but the lines are thinner in this. Yeah, this I mean it still looks organic. It looks like it's hand drawn. Yeah. It's not just like extrapolated from like some kind of computer program or something. Yeah, but... I don't have a lot to say except for it looked good. Did, were you a big fan of the game? I love that game. Yeah. Do you like it? Is it better than the original Maniac Mansion? I have never really played the original Maniac. Mansion, oh really? So... Oh but man. Yes. Oh, Until Dawn. Do you have time for Until Dawn spoilers? Because, yeah, like, I was we'll about to, to say, Until Dawn is like the new Maniac Mansion because you've got a bunch of kids. Yeah, they could all die. You're yeah. inside a so house. That was the Geek Weekend review where Bill wrote down some shit and I read it to you. So, yeah, uh, we're going to do like a quick, like, five, ten minute uh, Until Dawn spoiler cast. Uh, if you don't want to hear that, just tune out now. Just listen, tune in back in yeah, the next week. Yeah, would you? I mean, if you've got a current generation system, Bill, would you recommend people play it? Yeah. Um, depends on, like, how much of an affinity for 80 slasher flicks you have. Um, or, I totally had do... a good time. I, I could see some people bitching about this being a $60 game, but at, at least if you find it for, like, half price, it would definitely, regardless if you don't like these kind of, if you can put up with a mild amount of blood and gore, uh, the game is more suspenseful than it is, like, disgusting or horrible. Um, yeah. I, I, I say that it's, like, a playable 80 slasher film, but, like, granted, or it's... If... If you're not interested in it at all, you could do like I did and watch uh, Two Best Friends on YouTube. They did a full playthrough of it. Yeah? What, do you remember so what the channel was? Try. Yeah, Two Best Friends. Oh, just called Two Best Friends? Okay. Yeah. Um, might have to check that out. How long did it take them for the, for them to get through the game? Uh, They did... Because it seems like a, like a 10-hour game. There's 10 chapters, and yeah. each one seems to be about an hour long. Yeah, I think they had like 17 episodes at half an hour each. Oh, okay, that, like yeah, that. That, that makes about sense. Um, so. But yeah, no, uh, it's... Uh, no, not to get into spoilers just yet, but I just like it because... I, it's, it's not like the writing is really good. It's kind of good slasher fl- fl- flick writing, which is already kind of makes it at least as good as most video game writing. Yeah. Um, the characters were de- defined well enough that I actually kind of really dug them, but... So... So, uh, if you're interested in playing the games, tune out, because, I mean, the game has some plot twists, and it is very spoilable. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole thing is, like, because everyone can die or survive, yeah, if every you're tuning out right now, be, yeah. be sure and check out Bill's other podcast, tardypodcast.com, mm-hmm. where, uh, come Wednesday, I will chew his ear off talking about Silent Hill 2... It's gonna be a good show. On all the information on that game, <laughs> uh, spoilers. All, a bunch it of stuff was, is a good know. game. And uh, be sh- if you're interested, you can check out the backlog. We've done a bunch of old movies. Some were absolutely terrible. Uh-huh. Some were okay. Some things will get better. Yeah, Especially once nice once I get you to watch uh, uh, Winona Ryder, Little Women. <laughs> oh. That could turn out poorly for everybody. <laughs> That'll, uh, that, yeah, we're gonna save but, that one for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead, give that a listen to, and if you're not going to listen to the spoilers, a boy. Yeah, that's Tardy the Party, uh, no, TardyPodcast.com. <laughs> yep. Okay, so th- this, this, bump, 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 this right here is the Until Dawn's teeny tiny spoiler cast. Spoilers. Okay, so the people, the two best friends that you saw play this, what was their yes. outcome? They saved everybody. Really? Nobody did they, Were died. they using a walkthrough or anything? Nope. They, they did must, it all blind. That's the thing with this game. Because Until Dawn, it's not just about making the right decisions, but also being very quick with these QTE events. And if you fuck up those QTE events, people can fucking die. So you can even you yeah. can make all the right, correct like moral decisions, and shit can get fucked up. Yep. 
Especially in that last section, that last that part last section. So, was, man, they got through. There's not much to talk about it because I was going to compare <laughs> my playthrough to theirs. I was well, doing really do good. The weird thing is, so they serve. Okay. Okay. So so okay. So my let's let's stop. So what do you think of the? Okay. So first of all, the premise the is really plot? stupid. No, no, not not full out, but I I wanted uh, to bring it up. The, the plot premise is really, is really stupid. Where. Two girls die, two sisters die, and then the next year their brother's like, "Hey, come on out, we're gonna party like porn stars on the anniversary of my sister's disappearance." Which is already yeah, like okay. he's Josh. Yeah. That's Josh. I played like by Josh. Captain Bug Eyes. Yeah. Um, Who's the so star what, of the new TV show, Mister Robot? I guess. Yeah. I so, saw a promo for that the day after I started playing this game. I was like, "That guy looks like Josh," <laughs> and I had to Google it. I was like, "Oh yeah, that is Josh." So the fir- you eventually have to choose between killing him or another chick. And wait, do you? Yeah, there's the point where they're hooked up to the bandsaw. Okay, so oh, I guess yeah, we don't have to explain the story because assuming if you're listening to this, you've 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 played the game, so you know, or you understand. don't care. Well, you technically, just the, first, to the first chance voices. for death, at least from what I thought was in the game. One of the first things you do is uh, two of the uh, one of the, two of the people from the group, uh, the kind of quarter. Well, he's not the quarterback guy because the quarterback guy is the skinny black guy, but kind of like the big white, kind of like j- square jawed, like video game hero guy. Yeah. And his dumb blonde girlfriend. They decide to Jessica. go off. Yeah, Jessica. They decide to go off to like the satellite Mike cabin. Mike and Jessica. Yeah. You didn't like Jessica. No, I said Mike and Jessica. Yeah, Mike and Jessica. They decide to go off to the satellite cabin because Jessica's having problems with the Asian lady Emma. And, and, they're, uh, and they want to fuck. They're, yeah, they're down to fuck. Which is funny because they're talking about how, like, there's, like, this satellite cabin out behind the main lodge. And so I'm thinking, okay, they have to, like, walk maybe 100 meters to get there. No, they have to walk <laughs> two hours through an abandoned mine. This yeah. is this is not just, like, it's not like suddenly, like, the bridge to the cabin uh, collapses and they have to walk a long way around. This is how you're supposed to get to this other cabin. Yeah, they have to go through an abandoned mine filled with, like, skeletons and shit. And when you finally get to the cabin, um, it's attacked by a monster who drags Jessica through the window of the door. At least that's what happened in my playthrough. Yeah. And she doesn't immediately die, but you essentially, as Mike, you run out into the snow to go rescue her. Mm -hmm. And she gets dragged down into these mines. And turns out... Chasing her, how did what path did you take? I took the because I was so worried about anyone dying that I took the <laughs> slow and safe route, which is that's how you get her killed. Yep, you got her killed by being safe. Yeah, because like Shame looking up you. the, I didn't look up a fact for everything after I was done, but like looking up the being because I was kind of curious to see how like the choices in this game work. And yeah. so, I, like after like the, my first person died, which was Jessica, I wanted to see like, okay, what exactly did I fuck up here? Yeah, and the fact did say because I had chosen. If you do anything but choose the fastest possible option to get to her, yeah. uh, like, like there's like three different cha- choices t- times, well, three three t- three times that pop up where you cho- you can choose like the slow path or the or the fast path. Yeah, and if yeah. you if you have to choose the fast path every time, or otherwise, <laughs> I like that dead. you were so paranoid about having somebody killed. You got well, someone also killed. Jessica of all the characters, she's the one that I like like the least because she's the bubble headed blonde bimbo. Really, you liked her less than Emily, the bitch. Bitchy I, one. I thought she, Emily was the at one least... that was written to be the bitch stereotype. I at least was a little more sympathetic to her because Jessica was just so stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Just something about her. I was like, it's not like a hater. It's not like I was rooting for her to die. But I was thinking of all the characters I can lose. If she's the only one, and when she turns out to be dead, I was like, okay, that's cool. Which is funny because that's the very last chapter. Of the- 
<laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just calling it as it is. But then you find out the last thing of the game. She isn't dead. She's actually alive because when she quote unquote dies, she gets all cut up, cut up by a monster or something you don't see. And she's like laying at the bottom of this like a mining elevator and you go uh-huh. to save her and suddenly the elevator collapses and you think she's dead. And it turns out like, no, she just spends the next eight, like seven hours of the game knocked out unconscious at the bottom of the elevator shaft going into this mind. And so yeah. turns out she's actually alive. Uh, but I still want a guy getting her killed anyway, because as she gets out, she starts walking around, she gets attacked by a fucking Wendigo. That's mm. this instead well, of let's, moral let's, choices. Let's... Well, this yeah. this is just like how she wound up she did die for sure. Was yeah. that like she runs up running from the Wendigo and instead of moral choices or like directional choices like like how I was controlling Mike to save her. Uh-huh. that put me in the position where I thought she was dead. This time it was all just pure action QTs, which I did all of them successfully except for the very last one and she got stabbed. She got her jaw ripped off by a monster mm-hmm. and so Fantastic. she was dead. Um, so that was my first death. So uh, uh, what did you think of the first plot twist where early, well, your first quote-unquote death was watching Jocks get cut in half by a Yeah, this is, blade. that was kind of like the highlight of the game for me, because I really actually kind of liked Josh, because I liked how kind of damaged he was. Because mm-hmm. um, he really is kind of torn up by the fact that, like, his two sisters, yeah, because the whole, the whole setup of the game is that a year before, um, you, a bunch of the people up at the lodge, they kind of, like, manipulated one of his sisters into, like, getting naked in front of her crush, but they were like, came out like, oh, surprise, you were getting naked in front of your crush, you're a horn dog. And she gets really embarrassed and runs out in the snow. And his other sister uh, goes out after the first sister. They're twins. And they just never come back. And turns out, like, you see this cutscene that no one's pr- privy to that they fell down this hole and, and yeah. supposedly died. And Hannah so. And Beth. So in that year since then, he's been really this the, the brother Josh who survived and who was the host. His, his family owns the lodge that, that this whole game takes place in. Um, he's been really torn up by the fact that, like, not even the fact that his brother, his his sisters died, but the fact that they just went missing, so there's no sense of closure there, which I always thought yeah. was also interesting, too. And so he's kind of torn up, and there was a scene where, yeah, you're manipulated into a situation where, I think you're playing as Mike again, the kind of the big white. No, jo- uh, it'd be the guy Oh, the, the nerdy glasses. guy. What's his name? Yeah. It's not Josh, is it? Is it Josh? Is it Josh? Is Josh After a while, player? even though I played this game for 10 hours, I still just kind of referred to every, there was, there's Willow, the nerd girl. <laughs> There's nerdy guy, black quarterback guy, Asian lady, white slutty lady, superhero, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. So, okay, so yeah, so white nerdy guy. Chris? Yeah, Chris. Is it Chris? Okay. I think it's Chris. I can't remember. <laughs> I didn't play this game, so you, you, you yeah. should know. Okay, so white nerdy guy is, he's, it essentially turns into the Saw thing where it turns out everyone's being attacked at the cabin while they're convened at the cabin on the one-year anniversary of the death of their friends slash the sisters of the one guy who was <clears> their host. Yeah. And uh, the serial killer shows up at the, the the lodge, like, kidnaps people, fucks things up, essentially divides the group into, up into a bunch of different little groups. Uh, one of the groups is comprised of, yeah, this white nerdy guy and Josh, the, 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 yeah, the leader, Chris. and Willow, the nerdy girl. I just call her Willow because she's like a red-haired red yeah, girl who was always like, ah! I don't know what to do and you're manipulated into this situation where josh the you know the the host slash brother of the two missing girls and willow the nerdy girl are all are tied up to this wall ashley yeah yes and 
this buzzsaw is going to come by and, and, and saw them both in half, and you have to choose one to survive. And I was like, fuck it. I don't have to be responsible for the death of these people. I'm not going to do anything. So I literally put the controller down to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. And the buzzsaw automatically goes for Josh and cuts him in half. Yeah. And it's really, man, the way they show it too, that is pretty gory. There's some gory bits in this game. This is the most over the top, like, he's screaming and you see his bottom half of his body drop and there's like cut intestines and blood just squirting everywhere. It is, it is evil dead quality bullshit. Yeah. And uh, so he ends up dead. Of course, the other girl ends up being let go, but she's all freaked out and stuff like that. So it turns into you, uh, Chris, the white nerdy guy who had to make that choice, who I chose not to make that choice, but one of the guys still died. And Willow ended up escaping and all that stuff. <laughs> I like you used to call her Willow. Well, that's what even, I just call her. Even um, though I told you her name Ashley. Um, yes. Oh, man, it's especially weird, too, because after you... Just go to the Until Dawn wiki, and there's a list of cast with their images there. They did a good job, though, because I was looking at the special features. There's a whole like little suite of uh, uh, making of featurettes after the game. Uh, is mm-hmm. done that you can watch well you could do i think you could even watch them before you finish the game uh but they had interviews with the whole cast and they did a good job i mean when you're watching those actual live actors like talk about stuff i mean that is they did good, that i mean that's their voices that's their faces like yeah they this the like i don't know how they got their faces to be so damn impressive in this game but yeah it's it's pretty goddamn geez, good Louise. um but so what the, the the first big there's essentially two big twists in the game the the, the first big twist is revealed that Josh is alive. Josh is actually, he's actually orchestrated this whole thing. He's been pretending to be a serial killer to to tease everyone and to teach everyone a lesson about how his yeah, his he, sisters died. He's big died. into special effects and stuff, so he yeah made up the yeah like, he splitting body in half out of like a pig guts and stuff. Yeah, he essentially like he, like his, when he got cut in half, is his upper half was actually himself, but the lower half was just a dumb body. Yeah, a dumb body filled with a uh, with pig guts and stuff that got cut in half. And so it's a big revelation when like yeah the serial killer guy takes so, off his mask and it's Josh and oh my god. And but the thing is, so what did what did you think about that? I th- I thought it was. It kind of, you know, I was waiting to find out who, if any one of the main characters was the serial killer because, you know, after you watch Scream or anything like that, that seemed yeah. to become like the most postmodern thing where you make the killer one of the victims. Mm-hmm. And although it is quickly shown that he did not actually kill anyone, especially because up until that point, the only two deaths I had was Josh himself, which turns out to be fake, and then yeah. Jess who dies in a way that doesn't seem like he could be responsible for because he was not... Yeah, it's weird that he was... I did find it weird that he was orchestrating this whole thing to embarrass everybody, but he sent Mike and Jessica off, but they were just as complacent in the getting his sisters killed as he was, and he wasn't messing with them at all. And the other death that happens... uh, The other other death I, I really experienced happens after that where... Uh, okay, so you find out, like, yeah, Josh is responsible for this this fake serial killer, but you still have characters who are still stuck out there in the wild and stuff trying to survive, and they, like, they, the, like, they don't know what's going on, and they're still being, there's obviously, there's still, still, there's yeah, still someone th- else killing people. You think they're getting hunted by this guy with a flamethrower. Yeah, and it turns and out mask. that there's this, this guy with this flamethrower who is also this guy who seems to be responsible for the death for Josh's sisters at the beginning of the game. Turns out he's a good guy. He's this, like, homeless guy who lives on the mountain. And the reason he has this flame, scary fucking flamethrower, and he's got like these goggles and stuff that make him look like a Batman supervillain. Uh, but he turns out to be a good guy. 
And in retrospect, if you actually go back and rewatch the opening cutscene where they show Josh's two sisters die and kind of set up the whole thing of the game, he looks like he's going to be the serial killer that's killing everyone for the whole game. But no, you can kind of see that he actually is trying to help the girls. He's just kind of chasing them, but they're running away from him because he's scary because he's dressed like a fucking maniac with a flamethrower. Yeah. And the reason why this guy's got a fucking flamethrower is because <laughs> there are monsters living in this on this fucking mountain. Mm-hmm. When Dangos. When da- Wendigos. Wendigos, Wendangos, Wendagos. I think they pronounce it Wendigos in the in the in the. In the no, you're correct. I said it wrong. They're like Native American shape shifting. Blah blah blah. It's it's well, that's a, well, well that's, there there is there are spirits that inhabit your body if you succumb to cannibalism. I don't know if that's what the original version, is, but that's what this game's take on. Yeah, Wendigos that's what this are. game is. And so, if you ever eat the flesh of someone else, you will inevitably turn into a giant, like eight foot tall skeletal, yeah. indestructible and, monster that will continue to want to eat. Other people. Throughout, throughout events in the game, you find out that Beth died in the fall, the old, one of the twins. Yeah. Then, but Hannah survived, and Hannah, stuck in the mines, uh, wound up digging up Beth's corp from where she buried and her and eating, eating the her. shit out of her. Yeah. <laughs> and that's find, how she turned into. You find like, Beth's head, severed head, yeah. in the mines, and it's pretty fucking gruesome. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so it turns out that the person, yeah, the thing really responsible for most of the deaths in the game is actually yeah, Hannah, who has now been turned into. It kind of turns into an uncharted story where. You think the game is kind of grounded, especially when it's revealed that Josh has been the fake serial killer. You think, well, okay, well, it's no longer a supernatural thing, or at least not a super... Uh, it's, it's it's not like a ghost or anything like that. But no, it turns out, yeah, there's actually, like... It's 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 really, like, at the end of Uncharted 2 when you find out, like, who are the blue guys who tear everyone apart? Like I don't know. I didn't play Uncharted 2. It's kind of like that thing where suddenly, okay, we are going to say, like, monsters exist and are attacking and killing people. Yeah. Uh, So... It's it's yeah. really weird because like it seems like if it were actually a ghost, it would seem more sensible. But the fact that well, like, there there is a ghost in the game. Is there? Yeah, because uh, in the Ouija board scene, uh, if you go back there, there you know when they're doing the Ouija board stuff. Yeah, I thought that was just Josh. There's uh, a point. It. There's no. There's a point in the when they're doing that that if you look in the background, you can see a body standing there. Oh, really? And it only appears for one scene, but there's de- oh, like, but that's actually like something real going on. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Because there were rumors that there might be DLC for this game that might involve and it, a ghost somehow. It's unclear if the Ouija board is actually being controlled by like Beth or Josh. Josh does seem to be genuinely surprised when that shit starts yeah. happening too. So it might actually be Beth. Huh, that, that would actually board. be kind of interesting. Although Beth's not technically. Oh, it could be. It could be Beth because Hannah's still alive, but she's now a fucking. Wendigo. Yeah. She's a fucking chud. Literally. <laughs> she. Yeah. She is. A- um, and so, yeah, so it turns out, like, Hannah's still, well, she's a monster, too, but she also is justified in wanting to kill everyone, because she did. And there's, there's also other monsters, other, for, yeah, like, well, there's a smaller thing less... where you find out, like, like, 50 years ago, there was a cave-in in the mines, and, like, everyone else who got stuck in this cave and got turned into Wendigos, too. Yeah. And that's, that's who this dude with the flamethrower, who at first seemed to be the serial killer that Josh turned out to be a fake version of, is actually a good guy. And the reason this guy has a flamethrower is because the uh, the Wendigo's only weakness is fire. Um, they well, have, you, like, you don't if you kill them, their spirit just goes into another body or something and what like have that. You. But yeah. fire, you can damage them enough that you can trap them and just lock them up. Which is so like one of my only other deaths. So that was two deaths. Well, two, two what I thought were two deaths. Uh, it was Josh and it was Jess. The third mm-hmm. one was Matt, the black quarterback guy. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene where Emily, the Asian girl, and Matt, the black quarterback guy, they get stuck in the woods, and I think they're on the same precipice that Hannah and Beth fall off of. 
Yeah. And um, they get attacked by deer, reindeer. Mm. And um, there's a part where you're kind of like, Matt, Matt throughout the whole game is kind of presented as a super like low-key sensitive smart guy who's like very, like he'll always like, he like defuses tense situations, at least the way that's the way I played him. And so mm-hmm. when he's presented with this thing where they're kind of being charged by these reindeer on top of this, like, this this cliff top, I was like, okay, very cool. Don't yell at the deer. Play it cool. The deer won't get freaked out if we get freaked out too. And then suddenly there was something where it suddenly cued me to, like, fire a gun at the deer. Yeah. And some something about my input made him fire, which made them charge and mm. knocked him off the mountain. And then he didn't get killed immediately, but it turned into a QT event where I had to climb back up on top of the, the cliff top in order to yeah. keep from dying. And I fucked up the QT and he fell like, you know, 50 feet to his death, knocked, hmm. smashed his head against a rock and died. So you did not mean to fire the... No, not at all. Because like I was no. like, my role play of the thing was the char- of the character was like, don't do it. But I can't even... It was like almost like a wrong button input or something like that. Hmm. Um, because like I misfired. But like the fact that I... Like it was one of those things where a target showed up where you can like yeah. aim and shoot things. But like I didn't do that correctly. But like I still... I think I was so tense. I may have actually just hit the trigger anyway. Just when I saw mm. there was an like, option for something. I may have been just too keyed up and I fucked it up. And then yeah. on top of that, I fucked up the QT that could have saved him afterwards too. And, but Matt was not that much of an important character, so I wasn't totally fucking torn up about that. But I did lose the, pretty much the most important character in the game so just because she's the most famous. Yeah. Is Hayden Penetere got fucking whacked at the end. That's just, that sucks. Uh, <laughs> she's the most likable character in the game. Yeah, which is funny because she disappears for a long stretch of the game because while everyone's off being killed, she's taking a uh, hot, hot tub bath. Yeah. Which is funny because, like, these characters, they get up to this, like, snowy mountain lodge and there's a serial so, killer running around. And they never turn the lights on in the goddamn place. Man, you missed, you missed a whole section of the game where Matt finds Jessica in the mines and, like, has to guide her through. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I never saw that. Yeah, no. Uh, em- Emily, she ends up down in the—she finds Beth's head, but she also ends up finding, like, the remains of Matt who's been dragged into the mines by the Wendigo. Hmm. Um, this, see, that's one, cause, like, there's enough, like, seems like there's enough extra story in this, so you would actually get kind of, like, p- pretty big diverging paths and stuff. Yeah, there, yeah. Uh, and sure. so, yeah, you actually end up later end up finding Matt's body strung up with the, the body of the, the, the flamethrower guy, like, in the Wendigo's lair, and, like, Emily's Yeah, because like, oh. he gets killed. It's, you can't, That seems to be an unavoidable death, which yeah. actually turns out the fire, fl- fire, uh, the fire flamethrower guy is actually played one of, one of the game's writers. Uh, he yeah. shows up in one of the... The, the making of featurettes and he's got like it's the same guy he even has like the same fucked up hair and like a missing front tooth and stuff like <laughs> nice yeah it's it's pretty funny um and so all like josh so, ends up and he, uh, josh 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 gets kidnapped by hannah and dragged back down to the mines or something like that uh-huh yeah yeah or one of them it, didn't, it wasn't necessarily hannah but yeah so- somebody dragged her back him back to the mines essentially he, when he they- gets dragged down to the mines and turned into a one to go too Oh, okay. So he, so he, that is him technically being alive. Yeah, he's alive. You lose him, but like, so you, you didn't, you. I thought you said you only wound up with like three characters left. Yeah. So what happened at the end was, Wendigo's attacked the lodge. Everyone's at the lodge, and they start fighting. And something happens where you get to take control of Hayden Penetare, and. There's a QT event. It's literally like one of the last things you do. It's like the next the last thing you do in the game where yeah. you ha- just have to do a QT to run away from the uh, 
the the one of the windows just run out the front door is all you really have to do and i fucked up the qt and she got stabbed through the gut and it was mm. the last it was like a four-part qt and i fucked up the last part uh, and, it, and it, there's not even a moment where you think, oh, my God, she get uh, get out of it. I fucked up the QT and then, boom, it automatically cut to her going sploosh and a bla- you know, blast of blood out of her back and her eyes suddenly going lip and lifeless. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> and so the Wendigo, yeah, tears her up and I think starts feasting on her. And then everyone else runs out except for Mike, the big, tall, white guy. Um, yeah. He stays behind. Uh, turns out um, during the big rough fight with the Wendigo, it's it's caused a gas leak in the lodge. Uh, he's been kind of slightly crippled. It is it is kind of insinuated this is actually Hannah tearing everyone up because I do think you see like it's set up yeah, early she... in the game. She's got a tattoo, and this Wendigo has the same tattoo. Yeah, and I think it's kind of even insinuated that like maybe she doesn't kill Mike immediately because like the whole point of this game start off that she had a crush on Mike and. She, hmm. Like she, she even as a Wendigo, she may I don't know what the hell's going. On. But <laughs> Mike, so yeah, so Sam, who is played by Hannah Pinter, she gets whacked, and then Sam or uh, Mike, the big white guy, he ends up sacrificing himself by like he, he's like crippled oh, okay. on the ground. The place is filled up with gas. All everyone else has run out alive. The last three people who are not these two guys, uh, because yeah, so that makes sense. There's eight characters. These are the last five. Two of them die in this scene, leaving three three survivors. Yeah, so, oh, okay. yeah, Mike and Sam die. Uh, this Mike dies when he, like, pulls out his lighter, ignites the gas in the lodge, and the whole place blows up, with him, mm. Hannah, and Sam still inside. And that leaves Chris, Willow, and Asian Girl. And yeah. that's the end of my story. Wow. Yeah, so... Yeah, you should you should definitely watch, like, the two best friends go about it, because I, I, I get the feeling that they did a lot of stuff differently than you, yeah. from the sounds of it, and I, I, it's... It'd be interesting to see like how drastically your game was different compared. Man, to... those Q- I, I'd be interested to see how what do you think about this because those QTEs can be fucking rough. I mean, I've played yeah. a million QTEs in my life, and that's still. I mean, I guess they want to make it super short to kind of keep the tension up, but it's still like woof. Yeah, like it's brutal. And like I said, I fucked shit up. Like I lost two characters because how... I fucked up the QTEs. It wasn't even like a moral decision I <laughs> made that was incorrect or anything. So yeah, how how tense would you consider the game to be? It's pretty tense because. They do a good job of doing, there's a decent amount of jump scares in the game, but, like, dude, they do a good job of, like, um, of building tension and then releasing tension through an actual bad thing that's happening or having a jump scare or, like, slowly building it back up. And between that and jumping back and forth between story threads that are happening at the same time, it's good. Mm -hmm. Uh, The story's not amazing, but the storytelling in the game's pretty good. Uh, the game looks gorgeous, especially I kept oh, on taking yeah. screen caps. Oh, that actually, you know what? I think that may have, oh, the reason Matt died, the black guy died, was because I was in the middle of taking a screen cap when the QTE started. And so when <laughs> I came back, I think that may be why I accidentally fired off the shotgun or whatever weapon nice. I had that scared the deer that got him killed in the you first You deserved place. it. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those things where like. This is not a game you can stop. Yeah, because I think I stopped to take a screen cap of the deer because I think they looked pretty. <laughs> and I think, yeah, um, but yeah, it's 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 really well made. They actually put some time and money into the game, and it's yeah, and the fact that like it's it's really cool. It is definitely better than Heavy Rain or Beyond Two Souls. Yeah, it's that kind of quality and that kind of gameplay, but it put into a game that doesn't take itself nearly so seriously. It takes itself seriously enough that it's not like 
it's not trying to be too wise wise ass about like hey it, it, it takes itself seriously to be scary but it's not trying to be it knows what it is it knows what kind of story it's telling it's it's, it's a pulpy b movie slasher horror movie but still is self-aware enough to have some fun with it a little bit and kind of play around mm-hmm. with some of the genre conventions but yeah it's, it's 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 pretty good i had a good time with it well good yeah and like yeah you... you ever want to borrow my copy it's really I'm glad right you here. got you. You got your spooky, spooky October. <sighs> yeah, seriously, that's kind of like my big game. I've got Soma. I need, I should go play sometime this week before Halloween is out. But yeah, by the next time we record, Halloween's gonna be over. But shit. Yeah. Um, before before you go, I'm gonna send you a quick link. Uh oh. To the ghost in the background of the Ouija board that I mentioned, so you can see what I was talking about. Let's see. Where are you gonna send? We this? can get your reaction live on the hour. Let's see. Oh yeah, that's oh yeah. It does. It definitely looks like a naked girl standing in the background there. Yeah, that's got to yeah. be Beth. Yeah, because that, des- yeah. that definitely doesn't look like one of the Wendigos. Yeah, you can't tell me so, that yeah. doesn't look like Willow. Uh, uh, not really. Kinda. She's got red hair and she's nerdy. <laughs> she's got red hair and she's nerdy. All <laughs> you just say it. Yep, exactly like her. Anyway, yeah. Until dawn. Yeah, it's good. It's a good time. It's Good the times. best best game you can play that's named after dish detergent this the this 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 month. And I'm glad they're gonna be able to make a sequel. Even if I'm not really super interested. Are they making actually, a sequel? Actually playing it, the game did a lot better than they were expecting it to, so they're gonna they're it's not necessarily gonna be a sequel to this game. But oh, but if they're do, just gonna make another game like in this they're genre, they're gonna do like another, another until dawnish game. Huh. I wonder Hmm. I wonder if they're still gonna like if it's gonna be another pulp horror thing or if it's gonna be yeah Who I don't knows? know what they do hopefully there's, they'll go... there's a lot of genres they could do yeah it'd be nice if it's still kind of a pulpy thing because like the one of the best things about the writing of this game is that like it's kind of doing a pulpy thing but not again like not being too pretentious not like I, like games can be art I'm not saying games yeah. shouldn't aspire to be art but like you should be also be aware of your reach shouldn't exceed your grasp too much that's what's that's what went wrong with David Cage. Where he's just, he is a worse writer than these guys, but he thought he was, like, writing fucking Shakespeare. Uh, I wouldn't say the writing in this is bad. I'd say it knows exactly what it's trying to be. Well, no, I'm not saying it's bad, but that's what I'm saying. But, like, they know, like, these, the people who wrote this game, they write horror movies for a living. So it's that kind of, like, I don't know. I'm not saying it's bad, again. It's got some nice twists in it. You wouldn't expect Wendigos to be in the game. Yeah, seriously. Well, that's interesting, because I was wondering how they're going to tie in, because there's all this stuff about... Oh, well, that's one of the other uh, uh, gameplay mechanics in the game is throughout the game you find these like little Native American artifacts. Yeah. Uh, that you pick up and you will get like a psychic preview of something to come. It might be a character death that may be avoidable, avoidable, especially now that you know that a character could die in a certain situation, or mm-hmm. it might be like some kind of like outcome of this or it's. And I was kind of curious to see how because the whole Native American. Thing seemed to be kind of a random thread in the game that I didn't quite understand where they're going with it. But yeah, the whole Wendigo thing is kind of like that's that that's how they kind of tie that into the story. But um, yeah, it's it's I liked it. It was a good time. Good. Yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, especially well, next Halloween, you'll probably you can probably buy it for ten bucks. I'm not saying you should wait for it to, for ten bucks, but if you're listening to this ten like a year from now and until dawn is ten bucks on Amazon, get that shit. It's good times. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So that was the Boy Howdy podcast. That was. That was two hours and 20 minutes of the Boy Howdy podcast. It's shorter than I thought we were going to go. Really? You and I can talk. We can. Yeah, but yeah, we got to record a new pot. Yeah, we got to record two new uh, Tardy of the Parties in a week from now, too. Yeah. 
So he's Mudren on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Mm-hmm. You can email Boy Howdy. What is it? At Boy Howdy dot at Boy. Annie always does this. <laughs> I know. I'm, you can I just tweet at us. Say hey guys, you I love you so much. <laughs> no one ever emails us. It's totally fine. That's, well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, you can hear Bill talk about other stuff on tardypodcast.com it's a good podcast we uh, at least we hope so yeah i think we it's a good about we, stupid yeah, stuff we, we 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 like really delve deep into the trivia of the stuff that we talk we about make too. dumb jokes we make dumb a jokes lot of dumb lots jokes. of dumb jokes yeah but yeah so if you like what you heard here today you can check out our other podcast and hear more of it mm-hmm. there are currently 10 whole episodes for you to dive into that That's name about- again is mr plow Name again is Mr. Plow. Yeah. Uh, that's ten whole hours of crap that you can stuff in your ear holes because you got nothing better to do. Man, even to. longer than that because some of those episodes are like two hours. Like, we do. Yeah, we nah, do we haven't hit t- Silent Hill is the longest one probably. I think that might okay. be two hours. But. Actually, it's probably tomorrow. I'll send you the links. I'll send I think you the a, edited MP3s. For I think an time. hour and a half is currently the longest. I don't remember what yeah. that was. We did, well, yeah. Uh, for people, for a little, a little spoiler for the Silent Hill game, I got the, was it the In Water? ending well, we'll talk more oh, about that you on the podcast. Have spoiled that well, i'm just saying entice That's people so if people end. really care about silent hill they'll understand like because i did a whole eight hour well no that was a 12 hour long play, uh playthrough of silent hill 2 just for the podcast it was totally yeah. worth it it was a good game but yeah we we go uh because daniel's the expert on that and i'm the newbie he did all the research and he's got all the trivia about the game and yeah he he talks about all my choices compared to other stuff like that can happen in the game that i may have missed and stuff like that so it's yeah. pretty cool so check yeah. that out and next week, uh, Annie will be back to yell at Bill and probably make you enjoy this podcast more. We'll be getting more updates about Dragon Age next week. <laughs> I forgot to talk about Dragon Age. Yeah! No, oh. actually, man, I don't know how she's going to be dealing, because we're going to be two weeks closer to the release of Fallout 4. I don't know how Actually, she's... she'll probably be talking about Assassin's Creed Unity. Actually, yeah. Or not Unity, yeah, yeah, Syndicate. Yeah. Okay, so we'll wrap this up, and yeah, we'll talk to you guys soon then. Uh, bye. Thanks for having me. Uh, thank you for being on the podcast, Daniel. You're, you're always welcome. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Take care, guys. Bye.